Are you gonna bark all day, little doggy? James Cameron, I can quote Titanic for the entire thing if you want. I didn't even think about James Cameron. Yeah, it's, that is. I mean, he direct, he writes his he films. He has some big so, ones. Yeah. Just, I am going to be not the happiest person at all when we get to Avatar. <laughs> yeah, that would have put me off of covering James Cameron for a while, for sure. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Titanic is like a perfect movie. Um and I give him that and I, you know, um I love Terminator and stuff, but like eh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I went and saw that twice in the theater as the how, how god how old was I? 9 or 10? Titanic? <laughs> yeah. Titanic? Yeah. Are you serious? I I went I think I went with my mom and then I was at a friend's house and his older sister was like she was like, hey, I'm going to go see Titanic. Anybody wants to go? And I was like, you know, I like that movie. I'll go see it again. <laughs> I saw it when it came out when I was like six or seven years old uh, with my great grandma. And then uh, I saw it again for like it's it had to be like it's too wait, What anniversary would have been? I think we're I think we just passed it's t- like 20th. 20th? Yeah. Fifth? Oh, OK. Well, it was one of the anniversaries. They were like showing it in theaters again. So I saw it with like. All of the women in my family all went together. Oh, shit. So, yeah. See, I saw it on VHS. Um, it was released in oh, the double, the double so, VHS. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. I still, if I watch that movie now, I know exactly when you switch the VHS. Yeah, yeah when he slaps her. Yeah. It, yeah. Yep. Oh, really? Yep. That's exactly where it switches is when and he like, catches I, them. I, and yeah. Her. And I always remember like when he's on the like, um, isn't it? Oh, when that's he's where the in, next one starts, you mean? I think it no. leaves off. Because it, while, I, I, while Jack is in the uh, handcuffed in the room, right? Oh, because no. I, cause I it's remember like when it's, it's oh, when the captain says says like, "Oh, you might you'll what does he say? You'll get oh, your headline. You might want to change your headlines, and then, it, and then it cuts to black, and you're just like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny because I was watching Lord of the Rings, and the Blu-rays are split into two because they didn't want to like compromise the quality of it, and it leave it the. Um, Fellowship ends right after they, you know, after they all agree to go on it, which, God, it's insane that that's an hour and 50 minutes into the movie yeah. and that's where it splits. I was like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels like it should be the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Young listeners will not know what the hell we're talking oh about. Oh, my God. No kidding. But I see, I'm so used to Lex and Matt where I just like seamlessly go into the episode and I'm like, oh, I guess I can do an actual intro with this and we don't have to keep <laughs> everything in. Jesus. Play it um, fast and loose. It's, it's sometimes it's fun that way though i always like when i listen to podcasts and they have guests on and after like five minutes the guest is finally like so are we gonna get going and the host is like oh we've been going yeah why yeah. don't we leave this in why don't we leave some of this beginning part in for as a treat for this episode you guys get to have a little bit of side titanic discussion as a treat <laughs> welcome to the show everyone uh, this is written and directed by this week we are talking about inglorious bastards 2009's Glorious Bastards. I am joined, as always, by my co-host Bradley. Yes, you are. <laughs> and we have a special guest this week. Uh, Mel is here. And I 
am assuming you've never seen this movie and you <laughs> don't actually like it. And that's oh. the reason why you requested being on this episode. You know, I tried to watch the beginning of it and it was just <laughs> so boring. Like I had to turn it off. So I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> that you're just here to cater and we appreciate that. That's a great energy to bring to this. Uh, so do you, Mel, remember the, like the first time you saw this was in the theaters or? Oof. Um, actually, I think that I, the first time I saw it, man, 2009, I'm pretty sure I rented it. I definitely didn't mm. see it in the theater. I want to say I saw it with my parents the first time I watched it. Oh my God. Well, this, <laughs> so I definitely, I saw it with my dad in theaters for sure. Mm. Um, and I, I'm having a, I'm still having a hard time comprehending that this was in 2009. That seems way too far back. Yeah, I agree, actually. That's why I was like, okay, I was 19. Um, where was I in life? That seems so young. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 2009? Oh, wow. So I had to have been... Uh, I think this came out in December, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, oh, it came out in August. Oh, that's weird. Hmm. Okay. So I had to have been 20, about to be 21. Um Wow, maybe it was Django Unchained I was thinking of the story. Wow, I was going to tell my whole story of, of going to see this, and I think it was for Django Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but I do remember, I do remember um, for both of these movies, though, um, like I've said this before, my grandma is a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, and she was mm-hmm. like, there's a new Quentin Tarantino movie out if you want to go. And I was like, uh, <laughs> hell yes, I want to go. And so I, I'm pretty sure I was at work. And yeah. it is one of those things where like, I'm working faster because I was excited to go. And I'm like, it's not going to help speed up time, buddy. Like, just calm down. (laughs) I was 17 when this came out. And this was the first Tarantino film that I saw in theaters. Oh, man. Mm. So that's a good that's a good place. I mean, it's a good place to start. I don't think I've ever seen a Tarantino movie in the theater. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure I'm like, I think think I've only seen this and Django in theaters. Because I, yeah, I missed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too. COVID well, fucked that one up for me, frankly. Uh, yeah, yeah, because that was like the tail of uh, the, well, it was the tail end of 2019 when that came out. I believe, or was it the summer of 2019? I can't remember. Um, uh, well, well, Mel, yeah. you've only got one more movie to go Wait, see it in. Now, see it no, no, I'm completely wrong. I just Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was way before the pandemic started. I'm just misremembering things. Time is weird. Anyway. <laughs> uh time isn't a thing no Um, yeah and and it was a pretty fun um theater experience i mean i feel like because his movies are always so over the top with violence and whatnot there's always and i mean and his movies are always darkly funny so Mm -hmm. you know again it was i want to say it was a mostly packed theater if not a packed theater and yeah just it was fun um like his his movies are fun with the full theater Yeah, I can. Yeah, they definitely are. Because I saw I remember seeing I'll talk about it more when we get to Django, but I saw that with friends in theaters. But um, so the distinct memories that I have of this movie was I remember going to see it and I liked it. I know I liked it when I saw it initially, but I did because I was 17. I was like, there are a lot of subtitles in this. And and I was like, this movie's very long. And yeah. I was I was and the pacing was I would say not something I was as patient with. 
um, versus when I watched it now, which we'll get into, you know, my thoughts on that later. But like, I, those are like the distinct things. And then I remember one of my talking to one of my best friends about it. Um, when I, I, cause I met him like a year or two later and I remember hit like him not liking the movie and then telling me like the people who don't like them, like why they don't like it, like, you know, how he doesn't like like Hugo Stiglitz coming on the screen and oh, everything yeah. like that. Like, you know, that particular type of filmmaking just did not click with him. And mm. I thought that was fascinating, too. Um, I thought this movie was like beloved. And then I saw more criticism for it than I realized it had ever gotten when I was researching it. It's funny because, any you know, anytime I there's a movie, I really enjoy i always go and look at um like letterbox i'm like you know what what do people i follow um think of this movie and it's surprising and not surprising uh the majority of them of of all the ratings of people i follow is between four and a five Mm -hmm. but there's one person who is from is from the uh the halloweenies gave it two stars (laughs) uh the moment Eli Roth arrives, I check out. This is the only Tarantino movie I outright dislike. <laughs> That's fascinating. That's I, really interesting. Because I feel like his what is character their name? is... Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do anything. Just like, <laughs> tell me who it is. Because I feel like Eli Roth's character is one of, like is like a fan favorite. I, I won't disagree on that, but I definitely don't think he should be considered an actor. <laughs> Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's fun that he's in this playing this role. I think it's fun that he like, you know, physically all of a sudden he came out and he's like jacked and everything. I thought that was really cool. But I he's not. um, Sorry, Eli. We're not going to cover your movies because they freak me out. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess this is like an early piece of trivia, but that was originally supposed to be for Adam Sandler. And I would have really enjoyed seeing that no (laughs) oh no 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 i would have loved that i yes i read that trivia as well and oh my god i i would have lost my shit i would have thought that was amazing i feel like adam sandler probably would have been nominated for an oscar for that (laughs) no oh my god mike myers was like enough of like the random cameo comedy person i love adam sandler would have just been too much i hard pass on that and, and luckily <laughs> luckily mike myers was in makeup and it took me like a few mm-hmm. it took me like 20 seconds and i just i just remember started laughing and i was like i don't know if i like this like this kind of takes me out of it now because he looks like fucking gold member <laughs> he's a really good actor though like he really is i yeah. think there's that it's funny because i was messaging bradley as i was watching it and it, it can go either way for me, but like a lot of times comedians transform very well into dramatic roles. Um, but there is someone in this that I don't think did that as well. And it's oh, not. And yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so just a little bit. Let's get a little bit of um, backstory, or, you know, development and some details on this before we dive into the actual content of the film itself. So, Inglorious Bastards was released in 2009, August 21st, 2009, with a budget of $70 million, and it grossed $321.5 million, which was Tarantino's highest grossing film until he released Django, um, and then Django was surpassed by uh, his latest film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, he spent over a decade working on this script, 
Um, and he was very meticulous about it. He kind of felt like it was going to be his masterpiece, like his best thing. And I feel like the ending of this movie is him saying that to himself at the same time. I'm very oh. curious if anyone else thinks that. But he says it. he has them say it directly into the camera. And I think that's him going, you know what? This is probably my <laughs> masterpiece. This is the best I'm going to do, you know? Uh. That's just my personal opinion. I, I get that, but I think if 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 anything, they should have somehow worked that into Bill saying that at the end of Kill Bill. Because <laughs> I think, yeah. as, as, again, I think Pulp Fiction is my favorite of his movies, but but Kill Bill is definitely the best thing he's done. I think, I think yeah. Yeah, I think Kill Bill is his masterpiece for me. Um, but revisiting these movies is has been very interesting to see like where I would rank everything. Um, homages and influences. So 1967's The Dirty Dozen, 1968's uh, um, Where Eagle. Wait, I can't read my handwriting. That's not good. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> um, oh, Where Eagles Dare? Yes, Where Eagles Dare. And then 1961's The Guns of. Uh, Na- uh, how do you pronounce that? Navarone? I think it's just Navarone. Yeah. Yeah, Navarone. Um, and he wanted to make the film in 2002, but he knew it was going to be a really big budget and that other directors were making World War II films at the time. So he decided to kind of set it aside so he could like work on the ending, continue to tweak the script and make Kill Bill. Um, he also considered making it a miniseries. I think that could have worked very well, but I don't think he would have gotten the budget in there like i i I would i would have been concerned about the budget in 2009 for him to make this into a miniseries nowadays oh yeah he'd have all the money in the world but you know oh yeah netflix would give him a 250 million dollar budget for like eight episodes or something like that (laughs) yeah i think that's what he's gonna end up we've talked about this before but i think that's what he's gonna do next i think he's like oh i'm done making movies i'm like "Mm, okay you're gonna make really long movies (laughs) and call a tv show now or miniseries yeah um, yeah, because we talked about this in Pulp Fiction. I liked that um, they he was saying with Uma, you know, they started doing the seeds of Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. And she said, and then, you know, whatever, eight years went by and he went off to go make his war movie and, or to write his war movie. And I was like, holy yeah. shit, man, he was writing this back uh, during the Pulp Fiction days. Which yeah, crazy. he was. He was. He was he was formulating these characters and everything. Um, he said that the opening scene is the favorite scene he's written as well. Um uh- I yeah, do not I agree. disagree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see why. I mean, yeah. If if I if I only ever have, um, like twenty minutes to watch part of a movie, like I would easily go put that on because I you were just glued for that entire twenty minute opening. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's some other stuff in here as far as like production is concerned, but this can really. It can fall under trivia, so we can just kind of get into the movie. Um, one of the only interesting things that I thought uh, for pre-production uh, was that the script leaked. That was a thing that happened, and I found that fascinating because I don't think, I mean, was that really happening before this? I feel like this is the era of leaks starting, like that really being a thing because of the prevalence of like message boards and like people being <laughs> like chronically online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I it, it was kind of crazy how, yeah, during this time, because I mean, you know, music would always leak online because that's semi easier to access. Like, mm-hmm. 
um, what you know back in the days when CDs were very prevalent. Uh, you know, someone at the factory or whatever would just swipe one, and there you go. That's how that ends up on the internet. But a movie, like when you hear an entire movie leaked like months before its release or something like that, it's like holy shit! Like how does yeah, that happen? it's really <laughs> wild, really really wild. I remember they did that with one of the uh, one of the Wolverine movies, but like the entire movie leaked, but the the special effects weren't finished, so it would just be huge scenes oh, of Hugh yeah, Jackman fighting nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Um, yeah, that was weird. Like, I remember seeing those clips. I never watched it because I wasn't going to watch a movie. Yeah. Way, but. Like, I yeah. understand you're excited, but like, come on, like, don't ruin it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, we can just yeah, jump into the movie. Broken, yeah, it's broken up into five chapters across. Yeah. Um, my God, how long is this movie again? It is two hours and yeah. 33 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good runtime. Um, it's long. Like, I mean, I guess by today's standard, that's kind of normal. Movies are much longer now. I don't know. I think this era, um, kind of, you know, they used to do longer movies back in the day, but they would have intermissions and stuff like that. And now it's like <laughs> Martin Scorsese's releasing a three and a half hour film in theaters and not allowing theaters to add, <laughs> you know, an intermission. It's just a. I feel like I don't know exactly when this shifted. It might have been something like the success of Titanic, funny enough, like we were talking about Titanic earlier, because I remember that being one of the first movies I saw that was like really long, mm-hmm. like really long. They they had an intermission, though, didn't they? In in Titanic? In theater. Mm-hmm. It, it might have been like actually. theater dependent. I, I don't remember mine doing that, but again, it's it might have yeah. just been theater dependent because they don't want people missing shit or whatever. Um I think the, yeah, like I remember it, but I could be wrong. You know my memory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the but, without a doubt, the longest movie I've sat and I did not go to the bathroom. I don't think the longest movie I've ever sat through in a theater was the extended edition of Return of the King, which was four and a half hours. Holy shit! Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. long. Um, so this uh, this movie is long, but I don't think it feels long, at least in this viewing. When I was young, like I said, when I was younger, I felt the length of the film, but this one I was, I was pretty like engrossed in it. I did not feel like it was that long. Yeah, it, uh, there aren't very many, there aren't very many scenes that are, um, I mean, they're slower scenes, but it, uh, the slower, they're still very, uh, attention grabbing scenes. There, like, there's very few that aren't. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense that he spent so long writing it because every single scene is like you just are listening to everything they're saying. It's yeah. not there's not like a single second that I find boring whatsoever, even if it's just yeah. dialogue. Yeah, um, it's weird because there was um, there was one where did, it's, uh, where did I find that um, the the German edition, strangely enough, of this movie is 50 seconds longer and the German edition is the only edition that is like that. Everything else is, you know, as we see it today. It's just kind of weird that Did it say German- what? Like what was different? Um it said that the I think it was the uh the scene in the tavern has been extended. So there's 50 oh, okay. extra uh, seconds at the tavern, which I think that, that is makes sense. <laughs> I, yeah, I th- I think that is my favorite section of the entire movie is that whole oh that's stretch. interesting other than the beginning i um, completely agree with that yeah yeah i i think it's fantastic um so that actually surprises me that i mean i like i'm not i'm not saying that there's any form of censorship um in germany but like there's very strict laws about you know 
displaying Nazi, like having Nazi anything, right? Like they have, so I, I'm like, I, I didn't even think about it being released in Germany, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. I wonder if it's because they kind of make fun of the Nazis throughout the whole movie. That's I, true. Yeah. I, my my understanding also is they just, they're not trying to like, obviously they're not trying to sweep it under the rug or anything. They're just like, we know we have a horrible past. We don't need to constantly like bring it up with things. And we just, you know, kind of want, need to want to move on. Um, because I know on the, I think the only issue he had with quote unquote censoring is the poster. Um, Cause on the poster, it's got a, uh, like a bullet hole in the swastika. Um, I'm sorry, it, it's a bullet hole above the swastika, but I think in the German version, it's the bullet hole is where the swastika should be, so you can't see it. Um, but mm, okay, because they're saying like displayed works of art cannot display the cannot show the swastika, but like in movies or shows, it's it's oh, fine. Okay, um, oh, okay, yeah. you know, yeah, um, and and like I think that's that's fair. Like that's really saying like context is everything, right? Like that's. It's yeah. not a, it's not like, you know, a blanket rule. It's a like situational thing. So that, that checks out. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, like I said, this yeah. is broken up into five chapters. Yeah. We Chapter one is Once Upon a Time in Nazi Occupied France, which I feel like that could have also been the title for this movie had he not, uh, you know, used Once Upon a Time later on. But still. Oh, but Inglorious Bastards is a great title. It's it, a it, great fucking title. It is. And I know I there was also um there is also another movie called The Inglorious Bastards, and it's the only difference is Bastards is spelled like Bastards is supposed to be spelled. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but other than that, it's I think a, it's from nineteen seventy eight. It's a, a war film. Italian? Yeah, I uh, believe so. But I think the plot has there's like no similarities whatsoever other than it is set during World War II, but I think that's about it. Yeah, I think he just liked the title, which honestly, dude, same. Like, <laughs> I would, I would want to use that as the title if I could get away with it as well. And it's also the Inglorious Bastards for that one, oh, uh, yeah, the '78 yeah. film, and this one's just Inglorious Bastards. So, you know, uh, yeah. So, uh, so okay. Uh, chapter one chapter is the one. entire opening of the movie, which, like I said, lasts I want to say close to twenty minutes, if not just over 20 <sighs> minutes um the most tense <sighs> time of your life and I, so i mean yeah it's it's the um uh what is he uh is he a farmer technically i guess um, milk he's a he's a um well he's a milk farmer milk yeah okay okay yeah um <laughs> he's a milkman what the he's fuck? a milkman <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean <laughs> he's the milkman um and you know, so the the Nazis show up. He takes his, you know, takes his family inside or whatever, and um, and then you get um, Christoph Waltz playing um, Colonel Hans Landa, um, who I feel like has got to be on the lit, like top ten like best movie villains of all time. Like, so yeah, uh, Landa comes in and, and um, again, this is just a testament to how great um, Christoph Waltz is because he he does just seem like a businessman at first. He seems like he is literally just there on business, just checking up on things. He's very polite to everybody. Um, I don't want to I, say, I say charming. Um, no, he's very charming. That's oh, okay. part of, I think that's, that's the genius of this is truly one of the best performances I've ever seen. 
Like, yeah, he's got, you know, what the kids say, like, the Riz. <laughs> he's got the Riz. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and I remember, um, I don't even think the movie was over with yet. Maybe it was before I actually, like, said it to somebody. At least I hope the movie was over before I said it to somebody. But I was like, I am calling it right now, like, because, you know, I didn't know who he was at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, that dude is going to win an Academy Award for this movie. Like, yes. I'm calling it now. Yep. And I fucking did call it. Um, yeah. And what I like is, you know, he's questioning him about... Um, you know whereabouts of of uh like the jews in the area where they're you know if he knows any of their whereabouts or where they're hiding and it all starts you know it's again he's not being threatening he is just asking questions but you can't help from because of the farmer's reaction you can tell he's hiding things and and not telling the truth so and then of course you get the shot of the camera dropping below the floorboards and you mm-hmm. see all of them underneath their hiding um and what I really like is there's the moment when it does do the 180 week cut to a shot of Landa and it's lit so well because like the background is almost non-existent. It's just him yeah. highlighted and he's just staring at him and he's like, you're harboring enemies of the state. Are you not? And it's like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I this I mean, the camera work in this, I think, is Tarantino's best. At least, in, and I will say, in everything we've watched so far, and I'm not saying, like, I like this better than Kill Bill or, you know, whatever. Like, I'm just saying, like, the camera work that he he does in this movie is so good. It's breathtakingly beautiful. Like, unbelievably beautiful. There's there's little things he does that I'll, I'll go into on a, on a different scene that I really like that he does with, with camera movement and whatnot. Um, like I said, I'll go into that when they, we get to that scene but yeah i i totally agree um, yeah i and, oh this this opening scene is just picking picking this farm as the setting as well to have such a bright beautiful pristine atmosphere to have something so dark to set the mood and have this cheery chipper guy who's like charming and wonderful and you know comes in and asks for a glass of milk, which by the way, that's a red flag. If you're drinking, <laughs> yeah. oh, for you're sure. Nazi. Oh, what for the fuck? Sure. Um, <laughs> he, so just to have this guy and you know, it's, it was a genius move as well. I know I read in the, um, in the trivia that he originally wanted DiCaprio to play, um, to play Hans. Oh. And that would have been a mistake. I think the fact that Christoph Waltz was, was not known by American audiences. He'd really only done like what European films, German films, some TV mm-hmm. shows and, and things like that. But he really was relatively unknown. This was his big break. Um, oh yeah. And to have him come in and be this character and like, it really fucks with you because you're kind of like, Oh God, I love him. Oh no, wait, I know I don't like what, <laughs> what is wrong with this man? This, he is like truly a monster I don't think anyone else could play this role. Yeah. And, it, and you know, also him being a native German, like, you know, it would have been borderline unconvincing of no matter how well he did of Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, having to learn so much German because I want to say this movie is in, is only 40% English or something like that. They do give a figure somewhere. I remember, but I think it's only like 40% English. Um, yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, it would have been. It would have been. I mean, we will see in in the next movie. He can play a villain very well. Um, but yeah, it, it, 
it's the whole thing of it, it worked out the way it should have. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Filmmaking is a lot of hard work and also a lot of luck. Like there's, you know, mm-hmm. so many pieces to the puzzle. The fact that this, <laughs> I mean, um, I did read that like Tarantino said that he thought this, this role that he had written for Hans was like unplayable. Like he didn't, he did not know how he was going to have someone play this role. And mm-hmm. this is where, you know, this opening scene is where you have to both win the audience with charm and also with fear, instilling fear in them. And mm-hmm. damn, if he is not successful doing that. Yeah. And, and I mean, they kind of establish him early on in this scene too, when he's, again, he's still being charming and jovial, but it says, you know, you, you know, you are aware of my reputation and that it precedes me. Like I am good at what I do kind of thing. You're just kind of like, Oh, that, that doesn't sound like it's going to turn out very well for anybody. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, God, the, like everything about this scene. So in this scene, we get introduced to um, Shoshana as well, very briefly, um, because it's Shoshana's family that is like hiding themselves beneath the floorboards. Um, I I had a question. I miss I, I really did not remember this. <sighs> Do we think that, like, they kill the family for harboring them? I would say yes. I mean, they never show it, but why wouldn't they? Yeah, I feel like yeah. that's a, you know, that is a uh, form of, um, what is it called? Well, they're breaking the law by, for sure, like, by harboring yeah, what is considered the whole- an enemy of the state. They're not yeah. very forgiving, so I couldn't see them not killing them. No. Yeah, and I was gonna say it's not a uh, not a terrorist act, but it's like um, what is it like? What is it called? Where you like you know you're traitor going against your, yeah? I guess yeah. yeah, I guess it is uh, treason, be, treasonous. Tre- thank you, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say yes, because <laughs> that's a thing that's like that I, I I feel like I wrote the end of this these character story in my head, and I thought that they had killed them, but it never actually happens. I, I and I think that's just me like I don't god it's so like it's such a sad thought to like think about someone doing the right thing too and how many people mm-hmm. were like dying doing the right thing as well mm-hmm. yeah for sure because um, yeah obviously Landa finds out or you know well he ends up telling him but I, I still think he's not they're not forgiving so With enough pressure, he ended up telling him they were under there, but they'd still kill them. Maybe that was, yeah, that's the only way I could see them possibly being forgiven for it. I don't know. Does he not tell him? I figured he... Do you want me to, like, message Quentin? Yes. (laughs) Please. please I will. I'm getting on Instagram right now. I thought at one point... (laughs) (laughs) I thought at one point he, like, gives him an ultimatum, like, you know, if you if you tell me like you and your family, your family. Be okay, but if we have yeah, to but, yeah. search, but do you not. believe him? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, so yeah, they, uh, got in the, and even the music crescendoing as, um, he's like walking around the house trying to pretend like nothing is, you know, nothing's mm-hmm. awry, um, calls in the, the troops and the music just getting yeah. louder and louder until they finally all start firing at the floorboards. Um, and then yeah, Shoshana makes a makes a break for it. Um, also, what a terrible shot he is! She is running in a straight fucking line. I guess she's far away, but like no, he has the <laughs> shot. He doesn't take it. 
Yeah, I was going to say, but with that kind of gun, do you really, do you think he could have? True. Because it's like a handgun. It's not like a a rifle. that's an As old if school. I know anything about guns. I don't know. Yeah, that's an old school. Like, well, that's an interesting school. thought. That could have been why he didn't take the shot, too, because he didn't want to miss. Like, yeah. How does that make you look if you miss that shot? And also, I feel like he's confident enough to be like, I'll, I'll find her later. You know, which, right. Because that's his whole thing. He's guys. I it's like so, it's not like it sounds like a slur, but we're saying it within the concept. He's the Jew hunter within the story. I don't think mm-hmm. I'm going to be saying that one again, but uh, <laughs> Like, yeah, like that's his, his whole thing is he is hunting down, like he's, I mean, he even says later in the movie that like he, like he is a detective, he's an investigator. That's like, that's what he does. He just happens to be doing this for the Nazis and for Germany. You know, he doesn't perceive himself as necessarily doing right or wrong. He's just finding. Doing his job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's hired by the state to find someone, you know? Mm-hmm. which is Man. also really fucking wild to think about well i bet a, well, i'm sure a lot of um soldiers thought that exact thing this is just my job i'm just doing what i'm told yeah yeah like, absolutely for sure <laughs> it's, it, it's i'm just, sure that's like that's i mean those were the arguments that people would make uh, you know when they're being put on trial after the war mm-hmm. it, it's funny too because that just reminds me of the whole conversation about star wars from clerks and saying that like that reminded you of star wars because they're because (laughs) they're saying how like luke skywalker killed all the workers on the on the death star and they're like they were just union people they didn't they weren't you know doing anything and yet he killed all forty thousand of them or whatever the hell (laughs) yeah that's true but i don't know uh uh, so the, questions. I yeah. do have a question about Lando and Shoshana, but we can talk about that when we get there. But don't let me forget, because I will. Lando Calrissian? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. It's- <laughs> Star Wars. There's oh, no God. God, there's a, there's a <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah. So that is chapter one. Um, Was your question in regards to chapter one, or is it further down? No, okay. it's further down. We can okay. wait, but don't let me forget, because I will. Okay. For sure. Okay. Um, so chapter two is Inglorious Bastards. Um, oh God! Obviously, where we're introduced to um, all the bastards. Which, um, my God, I'm gonna try not to skip over any of. Well, the, at least the main ones anyway. But of course, you've got Brad Pitt as Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant Aldo Rain. He's obviously mm-hmm. the leader of everybody of all of them. Um, Eli Roth is uh, Sergeant Donnie Donowitz, also known as the Bear Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you, Michael Fassbender is one of them, but he isn't in this opening scene. He doesn't right. come in until like the midway mark or whatever. But um, he is Archie uh, Hickox. Um, you get um, Till Schweiger. I'm assuming is how you say his last name as Sergeant Hugo Stiglitz. Uh, again, he doesn't. Or no, he is there already um, because they just give him his little backstory later. Um, I didn't understand why he his character was the only one that has the like weird title and like he was I, like the only notorious one the other ones were just and, and it's because yeah stuff. yeah it's because he's a former uh you know german army soldier mm-hmm. that you know decided to turn on them so i think they're just like you know why do you have a german in your uh in yeah your i just thought like i mean like stylistically i thought that oh. was kind of strange for tarantino to do that with just that character mm-hmm. well i mean okay i well i guess we can talk about him a tiny bit um because i mean on that note you 
you see how fucking brutal he is. Yeah. Um, oh my god the one that always gets me even though it's it's one of those things where it's not necessarily graphic it's just the implication of showing him putting the pillow over the dude's face and just stabbing the pillow. oh yeah oh this movie made me turn my head a lot and i'm not usually that way i was like oh no like oh, quite a few times <laughs> it was gory and the, yeah i was gonna say the violence in this movie like is it's just it's just over the top to where it can be comedic or it can seem realistic, you know, and, and it just depending on that's, what's, what's, I mean, that's is. the huge difference with Kill Bill is like, there's so much blood, but it's so just <laughs> outrageous. Yeah. It, but like I said, even in, you know, Django, those are all like someone gets shot with a normal pistol, but it looks like they got shot with a cannon or something like they're just exploding essentially, right. you know? Right. Um, and then there's the shot of him oh my god just shoving his whole arm down that one guy's throat like oh that's that's the one that always gets me that's the one that always makes me like kind of turn away a little bit um oh that one is awful um and then you get um okay i think that that's it for like the main people there are there are a bunch of other other people but they're not um right but like you're not really you know back <laughs> Smithson. Oh yeah, that was the next one I went to. Oh, that's the next yeah. one I went to. Oh, yeah, so no, Novak as Udovich. I forgot about Udovich. him. Um, it's I love on Wikipedia. It says short and slightly built member of the bastard unit. <laughs> it's funny because I I actually Ooh, didn't watch man. The Office until after I had seen Inglorious Bastards. Oh, that's funny. and I remember I was watching The Office and I was like, why does that guy look so familiar? <laughs> and i looked it up and i was like that is the wildest casting like it's the ryan howard gif where he's pointing and like nodding you know like yeah. you know, yeah. oh wait that's it yeah yeah it was vice versa for me i saw this first and then saw the office oh yeah yeah that is what you said um no opposite for me i saw it and i you was like why part. is ryan howard that would be so off, like throw me off so much if it, it really opposite. did and it still does and i I think I, I don't really understand his casting, honestly. It's not that he's bad per se, but I'm just kind of like, okay. His role could have been anyone, though. So it, it really doesn't. I, yeah. And I really feel like it, it would have been, I don't know. I, you know what's weird? You know who I thought of, who I thought would have just been interesting, who's also like a comedic kind of actor but like is you know amazing serious actor as well can kind of do both jesse eisenberg oh to play, like you think he would have been good to play Udovich? yeah i think he oh. would have been interesting to play him especially in this time when he was still you know younger Maybe. and it's especially because he does a very good rbf so like yeah and, and considering that's all this character kind of does is just in the background just staring right. like that would have been that would have been kind of good honestly just him just with his menacing stare <laughs> I was against it and then when I think about it yeah because I think about like the faces he made when he was playing Zuckerberg yeah. and stuff and um, I'm like that would have been interesting to bring into this yeah um I'm trying to find but his you know, name that's fine I don't want to I don't want to you know completely bash on his character um oh it's Sam Levine um he's also one of the bastards but he was one of the um one of the friends from Freaks and Geeks oh my god I uh, now I have Freaks to look him Geeks. up because I don't recognize that name but I love Freaks and Geeks yeah, he was one of the like the three main of the of the boys, the younger yeah. boys. Um, oh, which, not that guy. How do you spell his last name? <laughs> There's like this old man. Yeah, S A M M, and then L E V I N E. Oh, got it. Got yeah. it. Um, 
which is crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy that the main, the main kid of the group went on to like write Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm -hmm. He wrote and directed the new Dungeons and Dragons and Game Nights. Like, holy shit! Like, good for you, dude. This Sam Levine man did that. No, the. Oh, yeah, um, what is his name? Uh, John Francis Daly, I think. It's yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Freaks so, and Geeks. Yeah. Yes. Okay, the, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, the what was his name on Freaks and Geeks? Sam. Sam oh, from yeah. Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, that like hit. He grew up to that. He also was on Bones. Not mm. the first time I'm going to reference Bones on this podcast, guys. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I can't talk about Bones. I, okay. I've only seen like... <laughs> what if every- I was like, guys, I love Bones. That's actually I really just want to talk about Bones. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a Bones podcast. I, I'm sorry I tricked you. <laughs> I've only seen I've never Bones seen like it. in my peripheral, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those it. shows that I had seen like in the background, you know? Like, because yeah. it was just on cable a lot. I yeah, I think... I think living with my brother and sister-in-law, she loved watching that. So it was, like I said, it was always on just kind of in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, yeah, this is when you learn of their plan to, you know, just go kill all Nazis. these uh, Nazi soldiers. Yeah. And he and uh, uh, Brad Pitt says he wants each each member to bring him 100 Nazi scalps. Okay. Do you, <laughs> do both of you think Brad Pitt did a good job in this movie or he did a terrible job? Because I have seen like such contrasting <laughs> That is such things. a good question. <laughs> Some people are like, you I, know, like, oh, he. Here's he, the thing. I think he did a really great job. But when I read the reviews where people bash on him, I'm like, am I wrong? Because <laughs> I, here's the thing. I don't watch a lot of Brad Pitt movies. So I don't, I have not seen a ton of his acting but i feel like in it he did like the perfect amount of like goofy badass but i don't brad, know okay what i like about brad pitt in quentin tarantino films in particular is that quentin tarantino is one of the few directors that realizes brad pitt is not a leading man he is a character actor he's a weirdo that like shines the best when he's just doing an odd part you know, really getting into it. So that's what this is for me. Like, this is like essential <laughs> character actor Brad Pitt type of movie. Mm-hmm. And I like it. But yeah. I understand that it doesn't. I, I mean, I don't, what what is the what is the like, they just don't like the way his they hated his accent. The criticism was mostly for his accent, saying it was like complete, like not believable, whatever. But I liked it. So I don't know. <laughs> I. I thought I remember like reading when this came out, like there was somebody that said it is far and away like his worst performance ever. But that said, he's still fun to watch. <laughs> um, I was like, Where's I the it makes sense. It makes sense that this guy is like, has a weird, is like eccentric, has a weird accent is, you know, cause he, he's also claiming he's Apache and stuff. And I'm like, I don't, Okay, I, isn't that like a thing that a lot of people yeah. think that they're native and they're not? That's just kind of like okay, this is random, but I yeah. watched a Thanksgiving South Park episode. <laughs> Fantastic, continue. And the joke was that this white guy was like, "Oh, I'm one sixteenth Native American," so yeah. I think it was like going That's- off of that whole joke of like. A lot of white people are like, oh, I have ancestors who are Native American. But I mean, do you really? Or did someone just tell you that? That's what I'm thinking. I think that's a thing. I, I think I remember reading an article about that, too. Like a lot of people believe that they're that they're part Native distantly because 
that was a thing that was told to them, but like they're not. And now they're doing ancestry tests and they're like, <laughs> oh, I guess I'm not. Actually, I'm not. Yeah. It's- Apparently, I'm just Swedish. Like, I, okay. You know? <laughs> Apparently, I'm just like really white. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have- no, I did one of those tests and I'm just really white. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, have either one of you seen the, uh, the the series Happy Endings? Yeah, I love it. Okay, because um, I just I, okay. Well, I just got past an episode where one of the characters finds again finds out he's like one sixteenth mm-hmm. Navajo or something like mm-hmm. that, and so he fully embraces it. And what's crazy is, um, like throughout the episode, <laughs> stereotypical not stereotypical, but just these things keep happening to him that that of course happens happen to native americans like um he he like it's winter time so he forgets his jacket or something and he buys a blanket off somebody but that blanket (laughs) was like full of cat dander and he's allergic to it so he's just carrying around that blanket just sneezing and coughing and he's trying to sell like tickets to a a concert and winds up getting arrested for scalping it's like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like this is funny and horrible at the same time yeah uh um but yeah i thought his performance was great um i i mean i love the the inglorious bastards story in this i think it's like it's such a fun part of the movie like it's a really they're dealing with really heavy shit and i think that it's it's kind of the like all right you came here to see some nazis die too we're gonna we're gonna kill some nazis it's like good to imagine that there was a group like that doing that like that's that's why I like it because yeah. Well, the thing like, do you do you think that there were actually like Americans who did that? Because oh, I probably not. But I don't know. I mean, that would be fascinating. Yeah, I kind of want to look into it now. Should I should I message Quentin? <laughs> yeah, another question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask him if it's based on true story. Okay, I'm <laughs> I, I do um, like that. That this is kind of the start of Quentin's um like. Uh, re- rewriting history wish fulfillment kind of thing yeah you yeah know? i think this this definitely marks a, a change in his filmmaking yeah um i think some people view that change as good some people as bad you know like i i could see it going i think it's just interesting you know i'm very new i love like i loved watching his earlier films and now i'm very excited to get into this new you know more prestige filmmaking that he's you know this road that he's going down mm-hmm. um yeah I, I just real quick back to the brad pitt thing i think that there there are scenes where i don't think he's either just not given enough to do or just isn't putting a whole lot forward but then there's other times when he is just for who for brad pitt, brad pitt? okay um yeah. like okay. where he's just he's fucking hilarious like obviously towards the end doing the whole oh, italian speaking thing like oh my god <laughs> i will always yeah. when someone says bonjour i'm always like bonjour no mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so i mean during all the during his whole spiel to the bastard we obviously cut to um uh some dude named hitler i don't know who I don't, know, I don't know if he's created for the movie or what but um he's not happy he hears about their uh you know their plans and that they're he's that they're coming for him and uh, he's clearly not not happy about that um, i i have one thought about the fact that he shows hitler early on and i understand why he does it for the context of the story because the bastards are like basically like fuck you we're coming for you kind of thing but i all i also wonder if it would have been more like have a bigger impact if he was just like in the last like the last act 
Like if if it was mm. just like, oh, the Fuhrer is going to show up, and then the Fuhrer shows up, and he's a fucking bumbling idiot moron, like they like they are portraying him in the film still. And they could have, you know, on that note, they could have done a borderline Kill Bill thing where he's just talked about this whole time, and then finally they see him at the movie theater, and they even, you know, borderline do the zoom in on him and do the Kill Bill music. I wonder (laughs) if he chose not to do that to to kind of like take away the yeah, you know, making yeah yeah making him like a a child, you know, like a like a petulant baby. There was, um, I know um, that that was Char- so Charlie Chaplin when he made his film his like his Hitler film people were like you can't joke about Hitler you can't do like you know and he he was very much like no I'm gonna make him I'm gonna make him comedic because like fuck him <laughs> like, basically like Charlie Chaplin was incredibly brave to do that yeah that's that's why I like um the Taika Waititi movie Jojo Rabbit because yes same he, thing he was talking about playing Hitler and that and they were like oh did you do any research to play him and he was like no why the fuck would I like who cares like <laughs> yeah who gives a shit fuck him um, and and he even gave him blue eyes in that movie which is like oh fuck <laughs> just yeah love, I just love that extra fuck you to him <laughs> yeah to have uh, like you know um a Jewish actor playing Hitler too is yeah oh yeah fantastic oh um, I didn't know that what that Taika that is uh, the actor playing Hitler is Jewish. I had no idea. Oh, in this film, I I, I meant Taika. Um, let me look up. Oh, okay. Never mind. Hitler in this. No, oh. but I think that would be really <laughs> fascinating. I I kind of yeah. hope that's the case. Um, his name's. Oh, I don't know if how. No, Martin, um, Martin Luke. Yeah, uh, it just says he's a German actor and director, uh, most recognized for his portrayal of Hitler uh, in *Glorious <laughs> oh, okay. Bastards*. Um, all right. Well, I mean, that's all we need to talk. We don't need to talk about his character a whole lot anymore until later on. Um, we don't really need to talk about Hitler at all. Frankly. Nah, not really. No, he's really. he is a like in the sense of the film, he is a like a a villain. He's the ultimate villain, right? Like, and in- but at the same time, he's they they he's also just kind of like anytime they come back to him, we're just like, oh, that's right, he's part of the story, isn't he? Like, because <laughs> you yeah. just don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, is this where? No, we. This isn't. Uh, I think there's, isn't there one more scene after this before we go into chapter three? Um, what just kind of, what, uh, just what Eli of, Roth beating the shit out oh, of Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. We do get with a baseball bat, you know? That is, that's right. We do get that scene. Okay, so th- that's the scene I was talking about where I really love the um, camera work after, um, you know, after they. <laughs> well, I oh, love the it. one, two, three, where he keeps moving it back and forth between yeah, the three of them? Yes. You're, you're seeing it's, it's focused on. Brad Pitt, then it goes to the middle guy and mm-hmm. then to the left. And then as he's pointing to the um, map, we go down and then back up to Brad mm-hmm. Pitt. And you're just kind of doing this circle. And I don't know, it's just a really cool thing to just to keep you engaged. It's almost like you are sitting there watching them yeah. and you're looking at everybody and everything they're doing. It's uh, one of my favorite shots of the film. I thought it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love that we, you know, we hype up the whole bear Jew thing and you finally get to see him. God, just just decimate someone's head with that baseball but, bat but then he has like a high a higher pitched voice than you'd think after and he's like i knocked it out of the park and you're yeah. like wait what that's that's <laughs> where i again that's what kind of ruins it for me had he stayed silent and just with that stare i it would have been a little better but as soon as he starts talking i'm just like oh jesus christ like that's right this is eli roth <laughs> it was really funny um but i do like how they you know two of the other bastards are holding two other German soldiers hostage and he points to one and says you and the dude just takes up and runs and they just shoot him. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Brad Pitt's pissed off and he's like, will you bring me that other one alive? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, the, and the they establish, they also establish in this an important part for the, the end that they, they detest the idea that you can take off your Nazi uniform and go oh, yeah. into the world, but you're still a Nazi, which sadly that's even more powerful today right like the idea of like you are but you're not wearing a fucking uniform because Mm -hmm. you know there's Mm -hmm. extremism and anti-semitism in the world um and so they mark them on their forehead with the swastika like that's big ass knife i don't even know what love it fuck that is but that's some bitch is huge I don't know if it's ethical for a state to give this kind of punishment, but I'm I'm not saying I'm opposed to it. Should oh. be found guilty well, of fuck ethics when it comes Nazism. to Nazism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like maybe we should do this. You can't oh hide God. it, bitch. I, yeah, love it. Um, okay, so that is the end of chapter two, and now we're on to chapter three, which is mm-hmm. German Night in Paris. Um, we get to see uh, Shoshana. It says it's four years after the. Um, slaughter of her family um she's taking on a new identity um she's the uh proprietor of a, of a movie theater which you know good on her like just in general that she moved on and was doing this but also like just fucking awesome to own a movie theater especially in the 40s like that's mm-hmm. gonna be pretty cool um i'm trying to think of where we should talk about shosana because like just i mean it's it's just it's really this um what's the name of the guy pursuing her oh that is Friedrich? um yeah oh, uh, Zoller. yeah, yeah so shoshana shoshana is like her story throughout this is is pretty much she's being introduced to the world of these nazis because this you know nazi he- war hero is enamored with her like he's he wants to impress her. He wants, like, he wants to win her affections, um, which is such an interesting way to like have have this entire thing set up. You know, Tarantino spent so many years writing this, and you can see it. Like he he thought through everything with this. This is a tight story. Yeah, I, I will say on that front, I do think that this movie has two really good ideas and an almost two separate movies like you could have just done the bastard storyline and you could have also just done shoshana's storyline like oh i agree you know it's two separate movies like because they're both so good uh, in and of themselves yeah Um, and i think that's when i originally saw it i was like thrown off by that and now i enjoy it more um because it's like congruent trying to bring down this entire thing yeah and i like that we you know most of the time when you're with her it's usually she usually has the scenes of long her sections usually have the scenes of long dialogue and are very heavy handed but yeah. then you get back to the <sighs> bastards and it's so just over the top and you know whatnot so it's, it's a good little balance you yeah. know if you're in her storyline you're going to get a little bit of a break but again still be interested in what's going on yeah her storyline feels like a classic Tarantino and the bastards feels like his new filmmaking like his he's moving in a new direction mm-hmm. um uh, so, I mean, just a little bit of backstory on her character. Um, it says uh, most of the bride's attributes from Kill Bill uh, come from Tarantino's original development of her character, uh, uh, which he started to work on before Kill Bill. Um, originally, she was an assassin who had a list of Nazis she would cross off as she killed them. 
um, whom Tarantino described as a Jewish Joan of Arc. Uh, he later switched the character attributes over to the bride and later redeveloped her character into the version who appears in the film. So, And there is a there's a TV show called The Hunters on Amazon. I have never seen that, but I really want to. I've seen a few episodes of it, and it's interesting. And that's kind of the premise of that, is that they're going and hunting down Nazis. If, um, if only which was a real thing, was a real thing that happened yeah. um, after the war. If only just because that has a really interesting cast. Like yeah. It's a very eclectic oh, it's cast fascinating. series. Um, so yeah, we get Zoller approaching her and just, just absolutely failing it. I mean... <sighs> I will say he he is being pushy, but at the same time, especially for the time period we're in, he could have been doing a lot worse to try to win her over. He's still, for the most part, being polite, but at the same time, dude, like take you know take no as an F for an answer. Like, come on, <laughs> she's clearly saying no. Like, just fucking leave her. Yeah, alone. but I think she's still a little weary of saying no too. That's the issue. She can't just straight up be like, right. leave me alone, you asshole. Because she has yeah. to realize, like, at that time, men were like, if you do that to them, like, you're fucked. Right. So- <laughs> right. I mean, that's still a thing that we face now. Yeah, and I mean, like, you can still do that now and be. And yeah, be, not even. Then it was one hundred percent. Now it's like ninety percent. So, <laughs> and, and like, he's a very powerful and respected yeah, man. Exactly. Too. Exactly. So yeah. there's not really the option to say no to him. And I mean, once she does decide to come up with her plan, I feel like clearly then she kind of uses him, like uses, leads him on. Oh, for sure. You yeah. know. Uh, no. yeah. I support women's rights. Most yeah. of us support women's wrongs. <laughs> uh, oh, she does no wrong in this one. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Um, so she's the best, one of the best female characters. Yeah. I like her better than the bride. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it's, they're both very, um, I mean, thank God they're both like, even though he kind of took uh, her attributes and moved him over to the bride, um, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of carryover, which is good. Like he fully redeveloped her uh, mm-hmm. from the ground up and um, and just and I'll, I'm, I you think know, Sh- I think Shoshana is a true innocent like mm-hmm. oh, and that sure. is a, that is a th- whereas like the bride is. You know, she probably killed a bunch of people. <laughs> right. Like, you know, bride, like the bride was a killer. The bride, like, and she has that. And I think that's why, like, at the end of Kill Bill, she's like, you know, kind of dealing with, like, you're, you realize she's going to have PTSD and have issues for the rest of her life from both her actions and what was done to her. Whereas, like, Shoshana, you're kind of like, I mean, she doesn't live. Sorry, guys. But, like, you know, had <laughs> well, she lived, <laughs> had, like, had she had she lived i think she would have been just fine because i still think like i still think she i mean she would have ptsd too but like she still truly feels like an innocent even when she's like killing all of these people it's like well you see why it feels justified the revenge is different i i was just gonna say yeah yeah, whereas the bride's motivations were for revenge hers are to avenge like her family basically and then Mm -hmm. you know oh if that just just happens to take out uh hitler and a huge part of the nazi party then you know <laughs> right on and um, but yeah i mean clearly she is very capable because she made a new identity for herself and has evaded uh landa over the past um you know four years which they which never is insane like that she's evaded him for that long we're going yeah. back into the question i had with okay. her but like we can we'll wait we'll wait no it's okay uh, i mean 
Well, unless I, I we'll don't wait know. until we get to the okay. Part. <laughs> well, yeah, because then because then um, another I mean, tense scene. Oof. Oh, uh, oh, the, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Are you talking about the di- well, lunch scene, whatever that is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I well because I think the next scene is is then is when she's at the um, isn't she at the coffee shop um or whatever? And then whatever, of course the diner. Yeah. And right. Then, and then of course Zola shows up again to um you know as you as you said just trying to riz her up but it's just again <laughs> and this, scene, no, this he does scene, not have the riz no no and this <laughs> scene really just establishes his character and this film that that he is the star of like that that uh, is the per- uh-huh. real purpose of this scene is like okay here's the whole setup for this film and as to why she would you know yeah um I do like that there's uh I think it's I think it's this scene at the diner like there's just several things he's like doing and she's just doing great eye acting like she just looks so annoyed like you know she'll do the whole like make her eyes real wide thing like oh my god this fucking guy already like um the amount of men who have watched this who are probably like damn I hit on a girl who looked at me like that <laughs> oh, and god. now I know like, am I a Nazi I'm like probably yeah. <laughs> oh god um and you know the the more I watch this movie, I am so pissed that like she wasn't nominated uh, for like anything. Like it's surprising. She is the. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to outdo um, Christoph Waltz, but she is easily the second best performance in this whole movie. Like, yeah, I agree <laughs> without a doubt. Um, I agree. Uh, so I mean, yeah, he Zoller eventually, uh, eventually convinces the. Um, I think what is he like the movie producer or no? He's not the producer. He's the. Um, what is he? Well, in real life, he was a okay. He was a Nazi politician, but he convinces him to hold his um, the film's premiere at her cinema, um, and then 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 this is where we you know they invite her to lunch, and we're at the uh, we're at the diner, and um, I really like that you're you know you're sitting with her for most of this lunch. She's just kind of even though they're talking about her uh, theater and just but she's kind of just like. Not even Michelle Myers will not even be She's there. Like, how did I get here? Like, how yeah. did this happen? I just, yeah. just want to back up real quick. Did did you did you guys know who Joseph Goebbels was before this movie? No, no, no? actually, nope. no. That's fascinating. Okay, I'm just I'm very because like he's like the true eat like not to downplay Hitler, <laughs> but like he is like the like the one of the most evil motherfuckers who's ever lived. Like mm. he was the one pushing for extermination and for like really, really like cruel, horrible, horrible person. Ugh. So the, once again, to have him be, he is the second like to Hitler. So mm. that's why it's such yeah. a big deal. And he is like, he is a real person that they're portraying in this movie. Once again, belittling him making him a comedic figure making him a you know having that little sex scene that quick oh god to like make him yeah to to make him look like you know a piece of shit like i like i like the scene because it gets the point across but i hate it every time because it's just so just it's like this the secondhand embarrassment thing it's like oh jesus like this is so horrible to watch yeah uh, also in uh, real life he died this is this is, a, this is a really fucked up thing but i just um he had him and his wife had six children and they poisoned their six children and then they 
so that they wouldn't get caught and then they oh my they, god for, they died for fear the well. kids for fear the kids would like give away their whatever just uh, it was the end of the war so oh, you know just like hitler fuck. um hitler died a couple a day before two days before or something like that and they were like well we have to kill the children and our son like yeah and that yeah that was all from suicide right yes Ugh. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so he's a he's a re- that's why I was like the way that you were kind of describing. I'm like, wait, do we do people not know he's like a real guy? And I'm not saying that like a, I just was like, oh, interesting. Like I, the, that, like you know, I, I mean, history's never been my figure. thing. Dates, names, uh, yeah, they they just go in one ear and out the other, unless of yeah, course, it's, you know, people like Hitler and shit like that. Um, you know, It'd be funny this, if you were like, I actually didn't know who Hitler was before. This. Yeah. <laughs> this. yeah. I was yeah. like, I when I watched this, I was like, I should look into him more. Yeah. He seems <laughs> like a bad dude. Yeah. I was, I was telling the truth earlier. Did they not make him up for this movie? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, if only. Um, so, and I do like that again, you know, she's just sitting there just kind of being secondary, even though they're talking about her theater. But then, of course, they're, uh, you know, oh, we have our head of security here. And they, you know, they say it's, Colonel Landa and her, you know, her eyes kind of get all big, and then of course we get the uh, nefarious music playing, and there's his entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, is this the scene, Lex, that you messaged yeah. me about? Yeah, people eating. <laughs> I have such a huge problem hearing people eat. Like I have that thing, the um, misophonia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have that thing. So it's it's torture for me. this scene was difficult to deal with because software is. I don't Ugh. think I ever realized it was that bad, but now that you mentioned, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it probably was pretty bad. <laughs> it might have been worse to me too. Like it's it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. You know, it's uh, not as bad as Death Proof was. Death Proof, I was oh, truly, just- <laughs> truly just trying not to throw up. <laughs> um, it, mouth noises. This one was just. I was like, oh, what? Please make it stop. I really want to enjoy this dialogue. This it just well, it makes you hate Landa even more. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, this and the milk, that's where he goes too far for me. <laughs> okay, so here, can I ask my question now? We're at the point. Yes, yes. go for We're it. We're at the point. So yeah. I realize that when he puts the cream, or he, she eats the cream off of the pastry or whatever the hell they're eating, um, it's likely not kosher, so he wants to see if she's Jewish, because mm-hmm. obviously she can't eat it if it's not kosher. But the milk, when he orders a glass of milk, I was like, does he know who she is? Like, oh. in my mind, I was like, he's just playing head games. He knows who she is. Because he uh, didn't go to the movie. Yeah, I was going to say, because I think... You know what I scene, mean? So, like, yeah. I'm like, I wonder if he knew who she was and just, like, was, like, playing mind games because he ordered the glass of milk. Or he's just always suspicious of everybody, and that's why he's so good at his job. Just looks Maybe. for any, anybody to slip up on any little thing. Like the uh, milk, the milk just threw me off. So like, I, I'm always curious as like, oh, um, he knows that Shoshana and I, he ordered a glass of milk on purpose just to mess with her. I found, I found a thing. I think that might be a red herring. Tarantino, it says Tarantino has described, uh, described Hans as a detective, which makes him even more dangerous and terrifying. Mm-hmm. While he may not know that um, it was Shoshana, he suspects that she's hiding something. Yeah. Like that's why he wanted yeah. her to eat the cream. I understand, it's, like it's that he yeah. thought she might be Jewish, so the cream makes sense. But then the milk was just like, oh, but the milk. I th- this seems like a very debated thing. This is fascinating. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I've always wondered if he knew that that was Shoshana or if he just happened to order milk. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny, too, because not too long ago, I came across a uh, article from somewhere about vil- movie villains and drinking milk. Like, oh, um, uh, shit, what's his name from A Clockwork Orange and his milk? Allison Williams uh, in um, Allison Get Williams Out. and Get Out. Um, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's so weird. It's so only villains drink milk. If you drink, if you just drink a glass of milk, you are a villain for sure. <laughs> Yeah, uh, something it's, about it, it just ain't right to me. It's, the it right? problem is I know good people who drink milk, so I, yeah, I, don't know. I do too. But I don't, I don't fully <sighs> trust them. <laughs> like I know you're good, but there's always going to be that suspicion in the back of my mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm always going to be looking over my shoulder just a bit. Um, I really like the moment when you know they all agree to everything to use her theater and whatnot, and they all get up to leave. And as soon as they're all gone, she just totally breaks. Um, and like damn near hyperventilates mm-hmm. um, just again just so overcome with so many emotions I just I just love again showing how strong she is that she was able to keep it together that whole time and then as soon as she just had that moment of freedom just had to let it all out um, yeah that's such a good moment and then I think this is when we go back to um, I think this is when we go back to the theater and she is telling um uh, what is is he is he her boyfriend or is he just I, I wanted to ask that that was the question that I had it's no, supposed to be implied I think I think that they are more like a brother sister type of love yeah it's, I mean according to Wikipedia it says uh, who plots Shoshana who plots with her Afro French lover and project projectionist Marcel I don't think they're lovers I I think that they just have a love for each other does that make sense yeah yeah Uh, because there's nothing explicitly stated you just know that they are close um but I really love again this is where um again this is like the uh (laughs) it's so funny we were talking about the splitting of um like Titanic and Lord of the Rings because I feel like Uh this is a good like cliffhanger ending moment when she's just slowly laying out her plan and then she goes we're gonna make a film just for them and we cut to black it's like oh shit here we go like (laughs) uh it's such a good moment um and the music that plays it's so like i don't know how to describe it it almost sounds like it's very like almost cartoony like i don't know how else to describe it but Mm -hmm. in a good like in a in a sinister way um i don't think the music in this film is as iconic as his other ones but it's still very good and, and fits very well yeah, I think because of the yeah. time setting, he couldn't, you know, do any like, um, like pop songs like of well, I mean, of the era. Yes, he yes he could have, but like uh, not as much to choose from, um, because it does. I believe it does have a um, an actual composer, doesn't it? Uh, I thought it did. It would have to because I feel like all of the oh he wanted uh, Ennio Morricone to compose it, but he was unavailable to uh, because the film's better production schedule conflicted with him scoring. Baria, I think is how you say it. Um, however, he did use eight of his tracks. Um, I think were which were previously on other stuff because again he did that with uh, Kill Bill. He put like some bit of music from the thing mm-hmm. in there, which which, yeah. which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, they they eventually did work together on something. I can't remember what it was, um, but like, and then for something strained the relationship, and he was like, Ennio Morricone was like, I am never going to work with him ever again, and then like. A few years passed and then he's like you know he came back to score the hateful eight um which that is a great soundtrack the hateful eight has a great score um 
but yeah, Never interesting. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what, how what happened with that relationship. <laughs> um, so then we move on to uh, we're on. Oh wow, we're already on chapter four. Uh, yeah. Operation Kino. The, this film, like I said, it's long, but it flows very well and it moves fast. And it's uh, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Again, like I said, the uh, the because um, I have to admit something. As we are doing this podcast, sometimes I look at the length of the films before I'm watching it and I'm like, motherfuck, really? I'm like, bro. Oh, yeah. I'm like, bro, what? Edit. Two and a half isn't that bad, though, now. It's like not. you said before, like yeah. two it's- and a half is pretty standard now. When I look at a movie and it's over three hours, I'm like, oh, I'm, this is going to take at least two sittings. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely understand. It's no, it's not that bad. And it really does depend on the film because there are some films mm-hmm. that are two and a half hours long. You don't feel the length at all. Watch like some Indian films that are like three and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, just, just wait until you get to uh, the hateful eight, which I think is, I'm pretty sure it's his longest movie. That is, um, I'm scared of that because I, I heard some bad things about that movie and i've only you know i've actually yeah i've never seen that i've not seen that one um i do really enjoy i think i i like it that it's it's almost like a play because you know the majority of it takes place just in the haberdashery Mm -hmm. of the movie and it doesn't leave and again it's almost like i think it's i think it's three hours long if i'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken yeah um now i'm curious it is uh it is oh, it's one hundred and sixty-eight minutes. The Netflix version is two hundred and ten minutes. We shall not be watching that. No. <laughs> well, okay, here's the thing. It really does depend on the movie because Bradley was like, "Oh, you have to watch everything everywhere all at, all at once," and I'm mm-hmm. like, "That movie is so long." <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when I sat down to watch it, I was like, "Oh, this is going to take me at least two days to watch." Um, and I sat down and I just watched the entire thing in one sitting, and I'm like, "So it does depend on the movie for sure." Yeah, I agree. That movie, that one threw me off. I mean, we don't have to get into details of that, but like that one threw me off because it kept like, I kept going, oh, this has to be the end. Oh no, I guess not. Like it just was, it was a weird movie. I loved it. Oh, it it was was, weird. Yeah. It was definitely a return of the King thing. Like you fade to white and you're like, all right, credits. Oh no, we're still going. Fade to black. Okay, we're done. Okay. Nope. We're still here. Like that's a really fun, like almost genre of movies where you're like this, surely this is the end. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. Um, so Operation Kino, we start off, I believe, with, um, this is when we get this into, is when, um, this is when we get Bender. Winston Churchill oh, God. and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, all yeah. of that. It's, yeah, I, I forgot Michael Fassbender was in this. Was this like his How breakout? dare you? No, I, I, I listen, <laughs> I haven't seen this movie in years. No, so. he was, wasn't he, um, he was an X-Men before this, No. No, I don't think so. I think that was like after this. I thought that was like two years later or something like that. 2009? Oh, okay. I mean, it had to have been. Okay, so 2000, yeah. So this was in 2009. X-Men First Class was 2011. Okay, okay. But this still had to have been oh. his big. Yeah, it was. He was in a movie called, uh, wait, no, 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 300. Wait, when did, um. He was in 300. That alien oh. movie come out. Oh, that was like 20. 20- 16 or something like Prometheus. that. No, no, no. That was like 2012. Oh, oh, you're talking about Prometheus. Prometheus yeah, is yeah. 2012. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So this this had to have been like I remember big... Prometheus came out on my birthday that year and I was like, "Ooh, birthday movie." And I went and saw it and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> oh, and you're like, love... "Why didn't they just run, run sideways?" <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
I, I love Prometheus, but there are a couple point, points of the movie. I'm just like, oh my god, the, the so end, fucking dumb. Like, <laughs> we can get into that in the, your alien podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we get we do Ridley Scott. Um, oh, he's not a writer, so yeah. Um, yeah so yeah, this this is when they recruit um, Michael Fassbender, um, who he is a he's a British commando and former film critic. Um, yeah, and he winds up assisting them. And uh, this is where uh, Gold Member, or uh, you know Mike Myers, um, who plays General Ed Fennick, I think is how you say his name. Um, you know he he says you know you're going to rendezvous with somebody, and and Michael Fassbender's like who am I going to rendezvous with? And they say it's uh, Bridget Van Hammersmark, and he's like the actor, you know. And um, I just I just love how I actually do really like Mike Myers, how he's just like so happy about this plan and he's like yeah you know one might say it's her brainchild like you know she's been the one that's planned this out this whole time kind of thing like i just love how excited he is for it um and then i think this is where we get to the uh it's actually i wanted to time it because it's actually a very long scene of them um going from their little hideout to the tavern and then obviously Mm -hmm. to the end of the tavern but i really like um i really like brad pitt's line of uh how does he say it exactly when he's like um, something like you know, you know why you should never fight in, in a basement. First off, you're fighting in a fucking basement. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I okay. I one of my weird takeaways from this was the three versus three thing that n- has not left my mind since. Like I think about how you hold up three fingers differently mm-hmm. all the time now. Oh, for sure. Like when I ask for three, I'm like, oh, I'm doing the American version. Like, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever known anyone who's American who does it the the German way? I'm just curious because like I I um, that made no. me aware of it. I was like, no, I know everyone holds up three fingers. No. Yeah, your middle your middle three fingers. Yeah, like yeah, that's. Um, I mean, now it's become a like a uh, you know like a meme of the whole his hand being up and it's and it's saying like oh and this was the moment he knew he fucked up or something like that. Yeah. You know. Um, he didn't even know. Yeah, he didn't know. But it's it's she always. Did. It's always she the expression was like, oh, on the, the she was like, oh, face. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, there's Once like again, so much. The tension of this scene. Good Lord. It, and even when I there isn't, like it. when it's just showing them playing games, like it's funny. Like I'm not going to. No, there's in. still so much tension when they're playing the game. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's like, everyone's like, get the fuck away. Like we, we need to talk like the Yeah. The whole thing is tension. Yeah. yeah. Um. <sighs> Like yeah, again, their their whole when they're playing the game is still like it's still very fun to watch and funny at times, if even if they are for bad reasons. Um, and uh, I do like his introduction, how everybody's in that like, when they're in there arguing, and he just they just hear that voice from down the hall saying like, "Oh, may I interject or whatever," and then mm-hmm. everything just falls silent, and they show him like putting mm-hmm. a cigarette out, putting his hat on, and just strolling over because even He's though like, like I know something's up. Yeah, and like even though yeah. the character isn't doesn't have like a um, doesn't have a big part in the movie as a whole, like you know, well, none of the none of the people on the scene really do, do they? Like Michael Fassbender is really only in Diane this Kruger is, is is in she she's the one who's in it a little longer. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. But at least you know, like oh fuck, like this guy is going to stir up some shit in this. You know, he's gonna f- fuck with their plan basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean yeah, fast. But they're just another they're just drinking. break. Th- oh wait, no, she was in National Treasure before this. I was gonna say Diane, Diane Kruger, Kruger kind of breaking out. Yeah, she, she was, was already well pretty. Known. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Not uh, for me personally, but yes. I knew uh, her because she was dating Joshua Jackson at the time. And I'm a big Dawson's Creek. I know who that is. Oh. Okay. I'm a big Dawson's Creek girl. <laughs> Shout out to my other podcast that has now ended, but is <laughs> we covered all of Dawson's Creek. Cape Side Chats, everyone. Wow. You, yeah. you guys did a did you guys do a season and episode? Yeah, we did a season and episode. Okay. Oh well, yeah, so that is how many seasons are there? Six. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was a mini series then at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was just guys. a mini series. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, so this is when like Fassbender fucks up and yeah, does does the wrong three thing, and the the um, officer clearly knows that he's not German, and because I think he even yeah. tells him like your accent sounds a little sounds a little weird, and yeah, the drunk the uh, the other drunk German was questioning his mm-hmm. accent, yeah. And then they kind and then, of, and then this guy goes, and he's like, no accents, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Apparently, Diane Kruger, by the way, is fluent in German, English, and French. Well, fuck. Yeah. I mean, it all, it, I mean, checks German. out. <laughs> checks yeah. out. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I also, I love the boot glass. That made me laugh a lot. Oh, I, yeah. I think that's like a, a I think like it's like a traditional type of thing over there. Yeah. The, I like guess that's not even really a stein because there's no handle on it. No, um, it's not. It's not a stein. It's dust boot. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, like the the little the little standoff they have when both their guns are well, Fassbender and the uh, and the officer have their guns pointing at each other, but then one of the bastards, you know, leans over and puts uh, puts the other gun right on the officer's groin. Isn't that the uh, bear? What was it? Oh, that bear was the, Jew? That was Stiglitz. Stiglitz. Oh. Did, uh, now, Bradley, I have to ask you, does that scene make you go, oh, God, when he's shot right in the. Um, I think right it's one of those. Neck. I think it's one of those things that because you don't normally see um, like whatever you see somebody get punched or, or kicked in their groin, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of funny. But when you see somebody get like stabbed or shot there, I think it's not necessarily the. It's not strictly because of the area it is. It's because, oh, fuck, we don't ever really see that kind mm-hmm. type of, you know, you don't really see the uh, violence happening in that particular area for um, yeah, for men or women. Uh, but, yeah, it, it does have a, it, if, if only for that, just because, you, fuck, I don't think up until this point I ever saw a movie where somebody got shot in the nuts before. Like, <laughs> um, Have you seen RoboCop? Uh, yeah, but it, I think it. Had, RoboCop I shot a guy in the dick. Oh, that's right. I yeah. probably hadn't seen it since I was a kid. So, <laughs> which is that is there's some for fun trivia for everyone who's <laughs> like, did Robo did RoboCop shoot a guy in the dick? Yeah, he did. Congratulations, you know it now. You can't unlearn that. I I won't ruin it for those who haven't seen it, so I won't name the movie. But I did watch a movie recently where somebody got stabbed in the dick repeatedly, like graphically. Ooh, fun! Oh, Wait, yeah. that sounds so familiar to me. Uh, name the movie to us right now and then beep it out after like it's kill bill (laughs) it sounds so familiar (laughs) okay oh my god um it was um terrifier 2 oh well that must have happened in a different movie yeah (laughs) i i yeah um a lot better than 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 the original one i will say that that's all, that's Mm. all i'll say um so yeah, just just for that alone, just for the surprise element alone of like, oh fuck, that's something we don't ever see. Um, but like the whole, and then the, the whole build up too, because you know it's it's not just going to end in a stalemate. You know Mm-mm. it's going to end no. in a shootout, and I just love how Fastbender just accepts it and does the whole like, oh, there's a special room in hell for people who don't 
uh, you know, finish good up. whiskey yeah. and oh God. And then his line of seeing as how I might be, you know, rapping on that door very shortly and just takes the chug. I was like, Oh, just, it sucks so bad. Cause he knows he's probably not going to make it out of there alive. No, um, not at that, at that particular moment, you know, you're screwed because it's such close range. Like even if, you know, he gets a shot off. Like both him and Hugo have to know that's it for them. Yeah, you, and you're not going to get even if you did shoot early and try to fall, you're still going to get hit by something. Yeah. Like, um, um. So yeah, they have their shootout, and there's one point like everybody starts fucking shooting at each other. There's one part where I think Stiglitz is like stabbing somebody in the back of the neck, which oh, that's also oh, I think it's the I think it's the officer, um, that he starts stabbing in the back of the neck. Um, it happened fuck, very fast, so I really don't know. So fast. Um, um, but I think the only people that come out of the basement alive are uh, Bridget and the um, and the bartender. Um, which do you feel at all sorry for the bartender? Isn't he the one? Oh, he's not the bartender. I'm sorry. He was just the other. He was just the other um, officer in there who was saying he just had a kid. Or what? I was gonna say, wasn't it the guy who was a new father who got the uh, autograph? Yeah, it was him. Yeah, like, did you at all feel bad for him when they? I mean, no, 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 (laughs) absolutely. I know he's part of the machine and he's a soldier doing his job, but I'm also like, okay, yeah, like near. You know how many like people you've killed who don't get to see their kids? Like, yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) You don't. Yeah, how many kids you've killed too? Like, oh yeah, how many kids have you killed? Like, that's a like that's a genuine like. No. And also, like, you know, in his best case scenario, that dude's getting a Nazi mark on his forehead. Uh, true, true. Yeah. Um, I do like that, you know, uh, he and um, and Aldo are arguing. Like, Aldo's at the top of the stairs, so they can't be seen, really. But um, they come to this stalemate. And as soon as he, like, throws his weapon down, fucking Bridget just lays, like, yep. eight bullets into him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. This is where we get into one of the, like, I think one of the funnier scenes of the whole movie when they're, you know, she's at the, I think they're at like a vet, I'm assuming, because there aren't there yes, like the dogs in the vet. cages. Yeah. Um, Healing her or trying to uh, fix her wound. Her yeah. And bullet wound. And he's, um, he, for some reason, I can't remember, now I can't remember why, but he's like starting to ask her something and she's kind of clearly hiding something. So he puts his finger in her bullet hole in her leg. <laughs> uh, I mean, so- that's one way to do it. Um, I, and I love when they're talking about, you know, like, oh, we're going to be your escorts to the, to the, uh, movie premiere. And she's like, oh, do any of you even speak Italian? And, and all those like, oh, I speak the most. And, um, who is it? One of the other guys, uh, says, oh, you know, he speaks second best. And he's like, what? Donnie's, Donnie is second best. Yeah. And he's like, what? I don't speak any Italian. And he's just like, that's why I said second best. Um, and and by the way, when we get into the next scene, they're them speaking Italian, just making the um, Italian American hand gestures is like <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Um, and my girlfriend and I will do that all the time too because like, <laughs> I'm you know I'm from like a like an Italian you know Italian American family as well. So I'm like I just it's I'm like yeah that's so funny. Yeah, um, and then I think we end this one with. I think this is where this chapter ends. Um, eventually, um, like agreeing when, to all go together. Yeah. Um, or no? Is it? Um, is it Landa showing up at the tavern and then finds her shoe and her yeah. napkin? Yeah. Uh, how? Okay. They didn't. I know they had to leave pretty quickly, but how do you leave the shoe and the the signed thing? 
girl, I know you're in pain, but you killed him to avoid getting caught, right? Like, that's the reason that she Like, if him. everyone else there is dead, could they not have just grabbed it real quick? Right. Think <laughs> this yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean. The, the shoe different. is one thing, but the signed, like, the signed um, napkin or whatever is something else. Yeah, because yeah. at least at least if it was just a shoe, there's n- really nobody left alive that can verify. Right, it's who just the shoe, shoe. Belongs to, you know. Um, it's for the plot. It's for the plot. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a good <laughs> plot thread. Um, and then so now we're on to the final chapter. It is um, which I never remember the name of this one. It's Revenge of the Giant Face, um, which is a really oh. strange chapter title. <laughs> yeah, um, but when it gets to her her face being projected into the smoke, that's when you get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so another one of my favorite shots in the movie. So cool. Oh, when it's on the when it's on the smoke. Yeah. 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 It's so creepy. Anyway, um, I'm getting ahead of it. So yeah. So this is you know the bastards carrying out their plan. At, also with Shoshana, I love the the montage of her of her getting ready, and I think it's I think this is the one that's set to the David Bowie song. Yes, um, it's so good. Yeah, it's such a good moment showing her getting all set up and just whatnot um so it's just funny to me that they you know of course they agreed to oh how, how is she going to explain her the cast on her leg and he's like oh you know you uh, all you actor hollywood people go mountain climbing just that's a good you know it's a good story that's how what happens to you guys anyway and of course landa shows up and talks to her and it's it's simultaneously hilarious and terrifying at the same time when she says like, oh, you know, I hurt my hurt my leg. And he's like laughing because, you know, he knows they're lying and mm-hmm. it's like that is the best you could come up with type of thing. Um, so like I said, it's one of those things where you're laughing and you're like, oh, I laugh because I'm uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> you know, um, and even mm-hmm. even all the bastards are looking at each other like, what the fuck is this dude's deal? Like, um, oh, but this is the yeah, this is when they do the the um uh, bonjourno and all that and i just love i just love that the dude who had the least amount of experience he doesn't even question him at mm-hmm. all he questions the other two but they just get to him so your name having him pronounce it over and over again again yeah but he just he just gets to him and mm-hmm. he's just like dominic de coco and he goes bravo like perfect bravo. <laughs> bravo. <laughs> um i i i honestly i mean i get that you you're only with uh hammer's mark for just the one scene or the Mm -hmm. one scene prior really but like i feel really bad for her character and how it ends up for her yeah Um, me too Mm -hmm. like again terrifying scene he takes her to some little office and tells her to reach into his jacket and of course pulls out um, a shoe and our only foot shot in this entire movie (laughs) uh yeah i'm i'm honestly proud of him i really am i'm proud of him for not showed for not succumbing to his his desires you yeah, know showed, as much you know, showed some restraint in this movie at least yeah um, and you know what he could have like lingered of him putting the shoe on like doing a slow zoom in or something but it's like no he just puts the shoe on mm-hmm. and then he still he still had to have a man <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a shot touching a foot though yeah well in kill bill no one touched her feet she just wiggled all around for a while yeah, but you linger. The shot, man. They, oh, yeah, that oh. she did. She Kill Bill <laughs> she was on for a minute. Kill Bill, and then Death Proof was on another level. It oh, was well, egregious. he licks her foot in that. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, this one's not as bad. Uh, um, and I mean, you can already tell she's terrified. But then there's the mm-hmm. shot of when 
he puts it on her foot and he he says something i was like upset when she died i remember watching it originally being like oh no she was like that that sucks like they cut back to her and she's already got tears in her eyes and she's just like so what now and then he just fucking just leaps over and strangles her to death which i was expecting somebody i was expecting one of the bastards to come in and save her but Mm -hmm. yeah me too there's there's something really fascinating in this movie of how many people have a moment where they realize their fate yeah contemplate it and we sit in it it just we just sit in it once again having that tension of you know putting the audience through that with the characters i didn't realize how many like tense scenes we have like of actually building that tension up to Mm -hmm. climax and not just stringing you along until like carry it over to the next scene like no this scene builds and crescendos Mm -hmm. in in one go yeah Um, he builds and pays off a lot i really appreciated that um in this rewatch yeah uh and we get um uh who is it we get um we get uh eli roth and then god damn it the other dude the other bastard um setting themselves up to look like waiters so they could get closer to um i don't remember his name either yeah it's um there's no it's not Hirschberg. Oh, no it's not homer there's god there's so many of them no, that they don't it. really uh, oh wiki maybe it's wiki no i don't know no it's not wiki anyway um so they like the what the three of them the three bastards all have are explosives on them correct because that's the plan like they're they're like we're not getting out of here without blowing this up which i am going to jump ahead a little bit just because we are talking about that did Donnie and the other bastard plan to like sacrifice themselves. Like, was that? Oh, the- I think. Yes. Oh, for sure. No, yeah. they they went into this. They're not getting out of this alive. Yeah, they're either they knew. They knew. Caught and and die that way, or they're going to sacrifice be, themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mar- like martyrs for the cause, kind of thing. Like, did they all plan that? Because they even found those same devices on Aldo, Aldo, and yeah. the other two. Yes. Like, yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. like that's. Yep. No, this is a suicide mission. Yeah, they knew if Hitler was going to be there, they're like, "Oh, we're dying for this." Yeah, yeah for and sure. and really, it may it, even though it's like it's a scary thought, it makes perfect sense. They're ending the war, like this is it. This ends everything if they can do this properly. And if it takes and the six of us dying to do that, and so be yeah, it. <laughs> and if you're a soldier who and, and like especially for Aldo, like a leader in this, and you guys all are like, "This is what we came here to do. We came here to end this." That makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, That's been the argument, like, historically for, like, you know, the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki is, like, like oh, it saved, like, a million, estimated million American lives. It's like, well, it's a war crime. But, uh, you know, like, mm. it, that, like, the, like, things like that can, you know, can be justified when you're looking at the death toll and the devastation of war continuing. Yeah. Um, there, uh, there was also something that I uh, forgot to talk about when we were talking about Aldo is his um, uh, his scar on his neck. Um, I don't think it's ever... Oh, yeah. I, exp- I don't think it's ever... Oh, it does say on here, actually. It what says, is it? It just says he survived a lynching and is a descendant of Jim Bridger and the Bridger family, which uh, Jim Bridger was an American mountain man, trapper, Amer- army scout, and wilderness guide who explored and trapped in the western United States in the first half of the 19th century. Um, huh, I didn't know that. I was wondering, I've always wondered about that. I never actually knew 
what that was for, like what exactly happened. I assumed it was the war, like something happened to him in the war. I couldn't remember if I had read he survived the lynching or if somebody tried to strangle him and he survived it. Um, but yeah, I guess almost the same, but not really. Um, so yeah, it, it's just so weird. I think it's because it's never explicitly said, at least that I caught that they are going in there with full intention of most likely not coming out of that alive. Um, I think it's just because they never really gave off that vibe of being uh, like suicide missions. <laughs> now I would be curious to hear it like to like, does Bridget think she's going to get out of here alive? Because I, like I, I could see her, you know, shimmy and all out. Like I need to, I need to go to the restroom and then she's gone. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. No, I, I feel like she didn't plan to die no. for it. No, maybe they had a maybe they had a situation where they were going to be like, okay, this is the time, this is the signal, that's when you will excuse yourself, and then just get out of there, get the fuck out, mm -hmm. you know. Especially because she was made so soon, like, yeah, you yeah. know, he, he already knew she was lying, and immediately was like, can I see you in this office? And it's like, oh fuck, like, and she was mm -hmm. she was literally only there to get them in, so yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so then we get, um. Uh, Shosana in the projector room and of course uh, fucking Zoller comes in um, yet again just failing to to riz her up and uh, <laughs> I do like that she finally I mean now that her plan is in full effect she finally is just like will you fucking take no for an answer and leave me alone kind of thing um, and then I think this is when he does he hit her um, he's, he's getting pissed at her and then she's like, lock the door so we can, oh, you know, you know she's, right. she's yeah. trying to tr keep him from going and, and starting a scene or doing anything like that, um, that would deter the plan. So yeah, cause it, cause he once does get again, I think she, I mean, she knows she's going to die, right? Like she's going to burn this place down. Like they know that this is kind of a lost cause for them as well. And it, you know, it's just kind of crazy how, you know, now in retrospect how um selflessly heroic he makes everybody like they all are here to die for the cause to end the war save you know millions of lives like just i don't know it's just kind of i just died for some reason just never thought about it that way <laughs> mm -hmm. um but i think at, at least i don't think she at least planned to at least didn't plan to die here i think you know when he goes to lock the door as soon as he does she shoots him like whatever three or four times in the back um so I think she was hoping that was it. She was just going to leave, but then she had to go and turn him over for whatever fucking reason. Right. Yeah. Um, and then just, and <sighs> I know I really think turning him over, I think she was having like a moment of sympathy. That's what I read it as. I think so. Yeah. And I that, and unfortunately that's what killed her, which is horrible. And it's filmed so heartbreaking because, and very brutally because, as soon as she gets shot, we go into slow motion with the, you know, uh, music crescendoing and she falls and again, all slow motion, she's writhing. And then all of a sudden another shot and we go back to normal time and it's just her screaming. It's like, fuck man. Like this is so yeah. horrible. He could have been her Liesl. I think she had a little um, bit of. Yeah. And then, and then I think they both just. No, okay. mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all need to watch Sound of Music. Anyway, I was gonna say, are you is this Sound of Music throwback? Because yeah. it is not the same. <laughs> no, it's not. You're just being an ass. Um, I think they both just lay there and bleed out, don't they? I mean, basically. Yeah, yeah just... I think he pretty much dies almost immediately after that. He just takes her out with him. 
And yeah. unfortunately, I think it takes her a little while to die. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we learned earlier through a um, through a Samuel L. Jackson narration that she owns over 350 nitrate film canisters, which uh, nitrate film burns like 10 times faster than paper or something like that. So that is what they are going to use to uh, set the theater ablaze. And um, Marcel, I actually remember his name. Um, is back there setting it all up like he's got piles of it i think he's even dumping like some kind of accelerant on it um so yeah in the middle of hmm? just for historical context as far as filmmaking and film production is concerned film produced after 1950 cannot be on nitrate like that's that's not a thing anymore they'd have to like inspect it and make sure that it's safe yeah because they even show that little like history clip of somebody trying to get on a bus and he's like oh you can't bring that on here like that's flammable kind of thing uh, right it was it was too dangerous um, which i want to know if that was a real clip from something or not like it seemed real, it looked same, real it was it very yeah and and apparently when it decomposes it becomes toxic as well so not only is it incredibly Whoa. dangerous like if it goes up in flames the longer you have it it's gonna like leak toxins which is huh. wow uh, that sucks because film is so much better than digital. I um, mean, we still produce film. It's just we don't, you know, we, we just yeah. have tougher um, restrictions on the film produced post-1950. Mm, okay. Um, so we get a we get a nice little action scene of, uh, of uh, Donnie and uh, the other bastard. Um, I really like when, because uh, I think Donnie's offering one of them a, they strap like these little guns to their wrist and then they put napkins over it. And when, Donnie's offering the one guy a drink. He like basically punches him in the head with that gun and that gun sets, you know, fires it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, they planned out like, Hey, you've only got like three and a half seconds or whatever to get around there to help me. Otherwise the other officer's going to shoot me. And so as soon as that gun fires again, we go mm-hmm. back into slow motion and the other bastards coming on the corner and kills the other officer there. Um, I want one of those little guns. I'm not a gun person, <laughs> but I'm like, that looks, it's like a grappling hook, but it's a gun. That's cool. Just make make you a nerf version. <laughs> oh yeah, that works. I'll do that. <laughs> um, and so now they have access to the little opera box that uh that uh what do they call it? Is it, is it the Führer? Is that how you're supposed to? Is that what it is or something like that? Um, Hitler. And yeah, isn't that what they call yeah, him? Like Führer. yeah, yeah. Um, whatever. Um, we don't need to get proper with him. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and so so now they're just waiting for the the cue which is the movie that uh, well actually they don't even know about that because it's two totally different they have like no clue that they're working together at all um no no they just happen to have the same cause in mind yeah but they are working completely separately and is not aware of the other person doing this yeah so i wonder it's kind of weird we never get anybody like when the theater gets set on fire nobody looks at each other and was like was that you like did you, did you do that did we do that like- no because by the time that the theater is on fire donnie and i've forgotten the other guy's name yeah i can't remember what wiki uh, no no it's not wiki. i can't remember yeah i know anyway, it is. um though like they are on their crusade they are in it they're they like they are avenging so they're not even noticing anything. They're already like, we're going to die soon anyway. I, I do like that once they start like gunning down all the officers and Hitler, you know, I feel like you kind of wanted some glory shot of Hitler dying, which you kind of 
you oh, do and don't get it's like it's not it's in his face i, I was gonna say it's not like ultra slow motion or anything we just cut to him being shot point blank in the face like 30 times yeah. with a fucking machine gun <laughs> like jesus christ yeah. uh, um so yeah they've locked them all in there the the uh theater burns down um and during that time of course landa grabs aldo and uh and um what the hell's bg you know uh, uh Udovich. um yeah and of course they we get the uh the the famous that's a bingo line uh, mm-hmm. which is a good line but also he delivers it so terrifying <laughs> yeah um that's happening at the same time where he's essentially negotiating his way out of he's like i mean he's realizing this is a sinking ship i have the opportunity to you know be a hero almost like that's what he's kind of portraying he's like oh i can end the war now you know which yeah it's his arrogance because he could have yeah. just he could have either just killed aldo and them and then just left or you know uh, just kind of set them free and he could have left and you this, know that would have this is the honestly it really is the smartest move because him? he's yeah because mm-hmm. he's like okay I see if you're looking 20 steps ahead, which as like an investigator, you would think he is like, he's just always thinking ahead. He's like, okay, Germany's probably not going to win this. I can see that this is not going to end well for them. So why don't I put myself on the winning side, get out of here, get a full pardon, never have to worry about this again. And also get what I presume to be his gay lover out with him too. Like, (laughs) I, that's who by the way that's who i always thought the guy at the end was i thought that was his lover like that's what that's what i inferred. i mean i mean he was very uh he was very affected by uh by him being shot <laughs> like yeah. uh and the one person he saves is like with him that he wants to take with him to the other country is this other guy i don't know that's mm. i that was kind of what i was thinking i mean i suppose it could just be like his most trusted advisor right i was gonna say like his protectors but i thought he was yeah protector of his heart uh (laughs) protector of his dick you know what i mean protecting my heart bro (laughs) um and i do love that the voice on the phone uh who's supposed to be aldo's commander is harvey cattell uh Mm -hmm. nice little nod um so yeah they agree to or uh, organize his surrender and he's going to get like a fucking medal of honor and all this bullshit. Um, so they, you know, they get to like the meeting point or whatever. And uh, of course, Lando's like, and now I surrender to you. And, and they just shoot, yeah, shoot the other guy. Um, and I, you know, I like it. Lando's just like, I made a deal for that man's life with your commander. And, you know, you're going to, uh, what does he say? Like, you're going to, suffer punishment for this and he goes mm-hmm. just like he goes nah I'm more like chewed out yeah. I've been chewed out I've been like, chewed out yeah <laughs> yeah um and then of course you know tells him I'm gonna give you something you can't take off and mm-hmm. carving that Nazi sign into his forehead and we end with him saying you may just be yeah. my masterpiece <laughs> yeah which like I said in the beginning like I was like I feel like that's Tarantino almost like how else do you end this movie he's kind of like he these two guys are looking into the camera saying yeah. this might be my masterpiece. That's such a Tarantino move, you know, like I, I don't know. I kind of love it. And well, I like that the first time you see it done earlier, uh, it's also the same shot. And mm-hmm. uh, whoever the other 
Maybe it was Udovich well, was like, oh, you're getting really good at this. And he says, you know, you get to Carnegie Hall, right? Practice. Yeah. Like, oh, that's such a good line. Tarantino loves that shot, too. The the um, below looking, looking up, above. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He loves that shot. Um, I mean, he always does it from like the. Oh, we forgot to mention that in, in Death Proof. Like, you know, he uh, he does that from the trunk. But in Death Proof, we get it from the from the hood. Um, yeah. When they're looking at the looking at the engine of the car. Um, but I, I did anybody else the first time you watched this, like if you didn't laugh at that final line, you were at least smiling like, or is it just me? <laughs> yeah. I think it, yeah. I think it's a great, I think it's a great way to end the movie. I don't know how else you end this. I also think there's something kind of powerful in like the, okay. Like Christoph Waltz's character, like Hans kind of gets a, is going to get away with this. Like there's nothing he can do about it. Like even like Aldo being like a hero of this, you know, this brigade of men, like, they can't mess with the politics of higher ups. They are soldiers at the end of the day. So he has to come back alive because that's the deal that they struck. But he doesn't have to come back whole, you know, like he doesn't have to come back untouched. Yeah. And it is kind of it does kind of suck really bad that of all the people that all the good people that die in this movie, mm-hmm. he still survives at the end. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. That's honestly like that's a really interesting almost commentary, I think, from Tarantino. And like he like Shoshana dies, but he lives. Hans lives. Mm. That's wild. Like that's not the the movie ending that people want to see. But sometimes it's the unfortunately real ending that that, you know, happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, again, it's 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 just the right ending. Like it's the perfect ending mm-hmm. for this movie because you know because everything does wrap up. All storylines are are wrapped up by this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, nothing's really left hanging. Not I don't really. think. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you want to go into a little trivia here? Yeah, yeah. I have some stuff. Um, I know that I did read that Tarantino loved Freaks and Geeks, and that's why he cast Sam Levine. Oh shit! I thought was cool. Uh, the DVDs for this made over twenty eight million dollars. Wow! Like, yeah, not bad. I <laughs> just for the DVDs, that's insane. Yeah, it, that's why it always bugs me when when you know movies like, oh, we only made fifty million dollars at the box office, and it's like, yeah, but look, we fucking made eighty million on DVD sales. Right. Like, you know, don't count it as a failure. Like, I think damn. that's com- going to come back to. I think people are really tired of streaming and things being pulled. Yeah, uh, and they they want physical media. I mean, you and I are big proponents of physical media. Yes, so. absolutely. And I got rid of some of my collection. Um, I had a lot of stuff stored at my dad, my dad's house. My dad passed away, and so I, I ended up donating a ton of our movies just because I didn't know what to. I, I wish I would have kept more of those because I now have the desire to rebuild. Um, you know, I didn't, I just didn't really have a storage situation at the time, but Mm. yeah, I am big on physical media and I've just, I've started like logging what I do have so that I can like, cause I've been buying duplicates too. I don't know why, but I I was going to say, I really need to do that, but also I've got so fucking many. I don't want to do that. But then at the same time, like you said, I'll be like looking through my little book and I'm like, fuck, I have two of these. Why do I have two of these? Yeah. (laughs) Blu-ray.com. That's what I've been using. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, okay. So there was some, as far as the critical reception of this was concerned, there was some criticism that I was very, um, interested in, in reading about. And I wanted to bring up, um, 
so it's like a Jewish, like, uh, so a Jewish author, um, David or Daniel uh, Mendelssohn, uh, he said that by indulging in the vengeful violence, Tarantino turned Jews into Nazis by having them commit like atrocities in the way that Nazis committed atrocities against. And I, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then the Jewish press, um, tablet said that the film lacked moral depth. Um, and I thought that was interesting as well. Um, you know, I, I can't, I, I'm not Jewish. I can't speak to how one would view, you know, I'm sure there are people who go a film like this should never even be made. And then it's like, well, no. And then there's some people who go, no, this can be made, but it has to be sensitive. There are some people who go make whatever you want. It doesn't matter. What matters is, you know, your actions in life. And I, I just think it's very interesting to read the perspective of, you know, victims of this war mm. talking about, um, and, T- and Quentin Tarantino is not Jewish, correct? I, um, I don't, I don't believe so. No. Um, to have, um, someone who is not Jewish writing and directing. Um, no, he is, uh, identifies as Cherokee through his mother, Irish descent on, on her other side. His dad is Italian. Yeah. I don't see anything yeah. about, um, a Jewish upbringing. So I, yeah, like I, I don't know. I thought that was very interesting and worth noting and, you know, possibly discussing to a degree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the only thing that does bug me is when people get, um, worked up about the violence, like, so like basically like, uh, all the violence towards like Nazis in this and it's, yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, I understand, I understand it from a certain standpoint, but also at the same time there, as time has shown, there are people in this world that are only that have a human shell. They are monsters on the inside right. and that, that human, the thing that makes them human is gone. Like, mm-hmm. so, uh, so yeah, it's like you just, just totally overlook the fact that they are quote unquote human. Cause like, that's beside the point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, like I, uh, yeah, I, 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 again, that's why I think he, basically his next, except maybe save for hateful eight, but you know, this one Django and once upon a time in Hollywood are all, um, rewriting, rewriting history as wish fulfillment, uh, mm-hmm. all these terrible things. He, turns it around and has the terrible thing happen to the other people. Right. Right. And, and I think that I'm not going to say that as an artist, you should not create certain art. I, I just, I don't necessarily believe in that. I think you should be sensitive. I think you should be respectful. I think you should, you know, proceed in, uh, you know, like I said, with respect, with dignity, with, you know, and tread lightly on certain things for sure. But I I don't view this once again I'm not Jewish but I don't view this as an inherently like wrong thing. I can understand that perspective. I can understand someone especially someone who, you know, believes in the philosophy of, you know, an eye for an eye makes the world blind and and is, you know, inherently against violence and doesn't want to, you know, goes violence begets violence. I don't think that's what we should be wish fulfilling even in fantasy. But I'm I'm also like I mean easy target though they're, they're evil like they're they're like this you know like uh, I, I i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and defend you know it, see what about now, the nazis no i'm not doing that. <laughs> that's not and 
and then, see that just makes me think of the whole the whole the the scene in in Endgame with Don Cheadle going like, can we just go back in time, find baby Thanos, and he makes like the strangling yeah. motion, and Hulk is like, that's awful, and like and, that's and, a baby, and, and, and yeah, and, and but then Don Cheadle just goes, it's Thanos, like who gives a shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's kind of once is, again, like yeah, the philosophical question of like, do you kill baby Hitler? And I'm like, why are we talking about well, killing a yeah. baby? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would, but uh, yeah, yeah, um, I do like that. So, I mean. Sadly, this sadly that this only has an eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I get I don't totally go by Rotten Tomatoes, but um, but I, I don't just, like I, Rotten I, Tomatoes. I'm just gonna yeah, uh, no, I'm just throwing that it's, out there. It's I a agree. shit. It's a shit way to. to Letterboxd is is better in my opinion. Um, on uh, IMDb, it's an eight point four out of ten with one point five million. So not yeah. <sighs> that is the issue with people. People rank things without even watching them. No, that's so true. But yeah, that's kind of why it's flawed. Mm-hmm. I think Letterboxd is a little bit more, I don't know, reliable. Letterboxd is at least the most fun. It, oh and, yeah. And I think it's because IMDb is kind of a is kind of the general place you go for movies, whereas Letterboxd is for people who watch who actually enjoy watching movies and mm-hmm. um are aren't critical of something going into it mm-hmm. because because of a biased opinion or something you know what or I mean? the yeah. other way where like they just rate it 10 stars because they know mm-hmm. it, like yeah. and, t- and 10 is too much that is way too many stars to, to rate something like that's hard yeah it's weird <laughs> i mean there's very few things i've rated 10 stars <laughs> yeah the, there are things i yeah i'm like oh this wholly deserves a 10 i am gonna go do it um yeah but mostly it's like episodes from breaking bad yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly um but i do like that roger ebert gave it a four out of four mm-hmm. writing that quote quentin tarantino's inglorious bastards is a big bold audacious <laughs> war movie that will annoy some startle others and demonstrate once again that he's the real thing a director of quixotic delights like ooh, that's a wonderful way of describing his his storytelling and filmmaking like he's he's chasing his windmills yeah, like I've always loved Roger Ebert. And again, I don't always agree with things he says, but at least you know he does he does things respectfully. Like mm-hmm. you know, unless yeah. it, unless it's his beef with Rob Schneider. God, he fucking hated Rob Schneider. <laughs> he hated his movies. Rather, that's the whole thing. Which is so and Rob weird. Schneider deserved it. So whatever. <laughs> I do like that. Uh, Rob Schneider came at him with like, oh, what have you know? What have you know? You ever done in your life? That's this and that. And and Roger Ebert was basically like, well. I'll show you my Pulitzer Prize and you tell me. <laughs> like, fuck. You tell me Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, on that note, I feel like the rating for this movie might be unanimous between all of us. Maybe oh, not. Oh, I'm very curious. Yeah. Okay. Um, Who's going to go first? Uh, no, nose goes. <laughs> oh. we'll, we'll let you go first. No, go ahead. I said nose goes, which means I'm last. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, then for me, I, you know, again, it's hard for me to, because to me, me, my mind is always like, oh, you know, you rate this a five, you think it's as good as this thing or whatever. But like, it's also a scale of, again, just the storytelling, the entertainment you have, watching it, all that stuff. Um, Like, do I think this is as good as Kill Bill or Pulp Fiction? No. But that said, all of these, including this one, are five star movies right like, i so. i agree with you i agree i think it's a five um i don't think you have to play the hierarchy game when you're ranking it 
I know that that can be a way that some people measure movies, but like to me, I'm just like, does this give me everything I need for it to be a five out of five? It does. Mm -hmm. Story, acting, pacing, tension, direction. Like I said, he has some of my favorite like camera angles and, and shots of this film are beautiful. The sets, the costumes, the lighting, like he's, this is firing on all cylinders. So it's a five out of five for me. Yeah, this is, um, so it's definitely a five out of five for me as well. It is my favorite Tarantino movie and probably like my second favorite movie of all time. So Hmm. what was your first? It's Shawshank. Yes. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's got to be a five out of five. And I also, I agree that Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction are also both five out of five Mm -hmm. for me, but uh, this ranks just a little bit higher because I I think I like the subject matter better, which is- weird to say no, but, that makes perfect um, sense to me that's that becomes you can't deny how good those movies are but it becomes preference at that point and yes, i totally yeah. understand that yeah yeah and again it's you know it's again the whole art is subjective thing like again yeah. we, again we all see this as five stars but for varying reasons and some of us would not put this above his other work and you know some of us would like it's you know but right. nonetheless right like i'm gonna like a samurai um revenge film more than um you know the 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 crime th- would you would you consider pulp fiction a crime film like a i, I think well, so yeah a kind of crime drama yeah. action whatever um you know I, I like that better but they're still both fives you know so i totally yeah. understand where you're coming from on that um i'm curious now how wikipedia labels pulp fiction it just says and it is an american crime film yeah. that's it yeah okay um one thing i did want to make note of when i was looking on imdb and this was this was interesting and i remember this being incredibly controversial this was the year 2010 the 2010 oscars this was the year that they had they switched it from five films to 10 films so for best picture so the winner was the hurt locker but the films nominated was the hurt locker a serious man an education avatar (laughs) <laughs> District 9, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, The Blind Side, Up, and Up in the Air, which I think it's hilarious that Up and in Up the world. in the Air were the same year. That is the craziest lineup I've ever heard. Wow, well, 2009 not, was a year. Not a great year for film. I, mm. <sighs> Precious, man. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, that's like, a dark movie. <laughs> like, The Hurt Locker is a very good movie it's been a long time oh my god it was so well made when i i remember Um, being very impressed by that but i feel like it's probably aged horribly possibly um and i absolutely love up in the air like that is also a five-star movie for me just something about Mm -hmm. that movie just it yeah it's great it it just hits in all the right places for me um and then clearly some of those were just like the popular choices clearly Mm -hmm. like avatar yeah (laughs) um yeah and this is the year that um catherine bigelow won for the Hurt Locker, and she became the first woman to win an Academy Award for Best Directing. Jesus Christ! Mm. In 2010, that is just wow. Yeah, there's only been ridiculous. one woman who, or one woman who's won since as well. Um, hold on, hold on. Um, since 2010, there's only been one other. Um, it wasn't Greta Gerwig, right? No. Um, fuck. Who who is it? Chloe's out. Oh, son of a bitch! For yeah. um, Nomadland. Uh, yeah, I still haven't seen that. Yeah. For what? Sorry. Nomadland. Oh, uh, oh! I did see. Yeah, that. the 2021 Oscars was. She was the second woman to win. Right on. Uh, damn it! I, I guess I really need to watch that. 
Um, only seven women have been not. I, I actually looked up nominations. Um, only seven women have been nominated in history. Like, like that's that's how. Uh, okay, um, who are the other five now? Uh, let me. I'm pulling the list up. 1975's Lena Wertmuller for Seven Beauties. Jean Champion for 1993's oh. The Piano. Oh, I think she was nominated again for uh, for um, Power of the Dog. Sofia Coppola was nominated for Lost in Translation, 2003. Catherine Bigelow, obviously. Um, Greta Gerwig was nominated in 2017 for Lady Bird, which, by the way, I'm calling now. I think Greta Gerwig is going to win this year for Barbie. That's my that is my call. <sighs> not, Emerald, not the right movie to, to win. Uh, yeah, but. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Emerald oh wait Emerald Fennel could win this year as well for Saltburn but she was nominated in 2021 for Promising Young Woman and then Chloe Zhao uh, and then Jane Champion for The Power of the Dog in 2022 yeah so she's been nominated twice right yeah. on yeah she has um, so the only woman to be nominated twice Promising Young Woman it was really good I can understand why it's very divisive um I do think I've, it, I'd love to cover her at some point um, because I, I have do, not it, seen any of her films. I'm very excited. I need uh, to see Promising Young Woman. I'm very excited to see Saltburn. I've heard it's weird and fantastic and controversial. Yeah, I've heard there are some things in there you can't unsee. And I, was like, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's I'm good excited. or bad. <laughs> I want to go see that's it so I, bad. That's why I'm excited for, um, I know we're kind of going off on a tangent here mm. now, but hey, it's a movie podcast. Yeah, um, exactly. I'm excited for Poor Things by um with emma stone and oh, oh my, my god. god yes absolutely um, i'm always curious like when i hear a movie's coming out and i see that it's like like that movie it, it's a it's a uh, make sure i say his name right it's a yorgos lanthimos movie which he does not shy away from anything like no subject is taboo mm-hmm. for him so when that got a rated r i was like okay it's labeled as a comedy okay keep that in mind it's labeled as okay. a comedy <laughs> Or it says romance sci-fi comedy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, what is this rated R for? It is rated R for strong and pervasive sexual content, <laughs> graphic nudity, disturbing material, gore, and language. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> That's so funny. They were talking Love about... It. they. He had, he had a meeting with Emma Stone before they got to filming, and he was like, just so you know, there's going to be some sexual things in this movie that uh, are going to make the audience very uncomfortable and will probably make you uncomfortable for having to do them. And she was just like, I'm up for it. Let's do it. <laughs> I was like, well, fucking right off. She's, she's like, I want my next Oscar. So let's do yeah, it. No let's shit. go. Oh no yeah. shit. Um, which on that note, that comes out in December, uh, December. We're going to be getting some good movies. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, okay. Is that, does anybody have any last final thoughts they want to say on inglorious bastards? Uh, no, I mean we already talked about Christoph Waltz. The only Oscar win for this movie was, um, you know, he won for supporting actor. The film was nominated for best picture, best director, cinematography, sound mixing, supporting actor, best original screenplay, editing, and sound editing. And only the only win that it got for the night was Christoph Waltz. Um, I do really love. There was some interview with Quentin, and he was saying he he wants to before the end of his i mean his goal is to have three oscars for writing he said because there's no writer in history that has three really um, that's yeah, cool and he has two so far he's won two for writing mm-hmm. um, and he was like and he's like and i would fucking love it if i won three because then we can call it the tarantino <laughs> which, so which two did he win them for 
uh, Pulp Fiction and Django. Oh, okay. I didn't know he won for interesting. Jen. Django That's, is interesting. Yeah, I thought he probably won for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I don't know. I can't really remember. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was nominated. I think like damn near all of his movies have been nominated for writing, probably save for Kill Bill and Death mm-hmm. Proof. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I mean, I'm really. Uh, I don't see it happening with this next movie, but who knows? Like, who knows? It might be fucking amazing. I'm I wonder gonna if gonna be. when they're going to start production on the next film, because um, we're, you know, the writer's strike has ended. The actor's strike has ended. Um, yeah. I wonder if they're like ready to go, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure they had most of, most of the things set up and just couldn't move forward because of, you know, the strike. Um, but yeah, definitely the definitely the MVP of this movie is Christoph Waltz, and an easy mm-hmm. runner up is uh, Melanie Laurent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm saying her name terribly because I didn't put a she's French, French. Yeah. twist on it. Melanie she's in a she is in a movie on um, Netflix that I was very excited for. Um, I gotta look up and see what it is now because I was like, oh, I was like, I don't think I've seen her in anything since this movie, um, and I also really like the director of that movie, which now I need, like I said, I'm going to look and see what it is. Um, is it oxygen? Yes, it is oxygen. Uh, I can't, now I can't remember who the director is for it. She was in the film beginners, yeah. which is a, a film written and directed by the same, um, Mike, Mike Mills. That movie was so good. He's which only, one was it? Oh, beginners. beginners. Uh, yeah. He's only made four films. Shit. Yeah. Uh, Oxygen is directed by, oh, Alexander Aja, I think is how you say his name. Um, mm-hmm. God, he's done, he did um, High Tension, which is a crazy-ass horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes remake, uh, Piranha 3D, Horn, uh, Horns, um, Crawl. If anybody hasn't seen Crawl, the Crocodile movie, that movie is so fucking fun. Um, oh, I remember that one. Yeah, and then that, and then I saw, I was like, oh shit, he's doing another movie and she's in it. And then I just, all the re- reception was pretty lukewarm to negative and i was like god damn it i mean mm. i can't really trust that i should still watch it but that you know that kind of put you off for a little bit oh apparently she did the french dub for inside out <laughs> she was <Wow>. disgust <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh that's pretty cool yeah um uh, all right well uh i guess on that note we are doing uh the next movie up is django i believe yeah django um, is our next film I am really excited for that because I watched it so much when it came out and I don't think I've really watched it since because I watched it so much when it came out. Yeah, it's been uh, quite a few years for me. Um, I'm I'm very excited to talk about it. Um, oh, Quentin, we're going to have to deal with your controversies yet again. I'm I just I, I love whenever I click on any of his movies and I I haven't gone to research it yet, but I'm like incident incident. And I'm like, oh, my God, critical response, criticism. And I'm like, what did you do this time? Oh, OK, yeah, this one's, uh, yeah, pretty much any of his movies on IMDb or uh, Wikipedia have a controversy or yeah incident section on it. Like, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. So, well, so Mel, what is your opinion on Django really quick? Like, what would you rate that? Just just because we're here. Ooh, that's fun. Oh my gosh, she's so far away. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> wow, maybe my earphones are like not connected. It's so interesting. Okay, anyway. Yeah, maybe not because now, now, now I can, we can hear, hear you, like, you. loud. Yeah. Okay, I thought I could talk from the other side of my house. Currently not. Interesting. Um, so um, for Django, I've only seen it once and it was when it first came out. Mm-hmm. So mm. I have no opinion because I can't remember 
You don't even remember, remember. remember kind of liking it or whatever. I remember I, I would remember if I didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, yeah, I'd have to rewatch it. I know like Christoph Waltz was in it too. So I was, that's why I was like, oh, I got to watch this one. Um, I just absolutely love that you get the flip side of him in that mm-hmm. movie. Like that's uh, exactly like he's not a bad guy in it. So that's why I was like, oh, I, I would love to watch him in a different role. So Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, thank you for joining us again. I get, I, as soon as we conceived this podcast and we thought, uh, you know, we doing Quentin as the first director and just instantly I was like, Oh, well I'm going to ask her to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Inglorious bastards. Wonderful. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, All right. So we will see you guys next time for, uh, Django Unchained. Be ready for controversy. Oh, God. <laughs>